when I when I um, do like audio stuff with Discord in my phone, they're like issues. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, there's always one person with issues on Discord, so it's pretty weird that it became the uh, ubiquitous thing. It's strictly better than like I don't know Skype, I guess. Yeah. Y yeah. It's better than Skype and it's better than Slack. Yeah, and those are both things that people use at like jobs. And then gamers were like, wow, that's cool. And now we have Discord. They did it. We did it. We video gamed. We're gaming so hard right now. Yeah. You are one snooze fest of an opponent. Winning on defense alone? You're a Democrat? This is Insert Credit Episode 233, Pod of Casters, a roundtable discussion in six-minute segments dictated by the pace of a horrible buzzer. I'm your guest host, Patrick Miller, filling in this week for Alex Jaffe, and my KOF mains are Athena, Kyo, and Nakaruru. Oh man, okay, I'm Brandon <laughs> Sheffield, and my KOF mains are Joe, uh, Andy, and then some chaos element, like, I don't know, Yashiro, or Angel, or... Melee or some somebody weird, somebody weird, somebody weird. Hi, I'm Andres Velasco Icol, also known as Nothing XS, and my KOF mains are Iori, 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 Clark and Mai, and Iori sometimes. Nice. And I'm Azure Lore Corrigan. My uh, KOF mains are King always, Leona usually, and Vanessa when I'm feeling saucy. <laughs> Excellent taste from the whole panel. This week, we're talking King of Fighters, SNK, the fighting game community, and their strange and wondrous history as it has intersected over the past 20 years with Insert Credit. We'll be breaking from the usual format, where instead of one question asker, the four of us will take turns this week introducing topics. In KOF, the joke is that everyone's team is one character you think is cool, one character you think is cute, and Iori Yagami. So I've asked everyone to prepare one cool topic, one cute topic, and one Iori Yagami topic. But before we do that, yeah. I actually want to ask a question specifically for Azurelore, um, though everyone should feel free to chime in here. And that's, we are here podcasting today because you specifically asked for this. So what prompted this particular topic and panel composition, and what is it about Insert Credit and KOF anyway? Oh, no. Well, Andres is what prompted this. We were having a discussion and uh, looking back through um, insert credit history and just noticing um, how deeply entrenched it was with the site going, going back to the very beginning. And Andres was like looking through the old forums, looking for conversations between people uh, about King of Fighters. And, um, you know, we brainstormed about people who had a long history of the site and who um, were interested in the series. And Pat is less invested in it, but you seem like <laughs> a, a good a good moderator for a fighting game discussion. I, I did think that this, this is the right one to have me moderate because I have some stuff to say about KOF, but I'm mostly just here because I'm interested in hearing what y'all have to say. Yeah, the KOF connection is interesting because I think that a lot of the early insert credit draw was from websites like madman's cafe and mm -hmm. even sure you can to to an extent there there was some crossover in the early days and i was writing about king of fighters because it was the other fighting game at the time uh, there were plenty of other fighting games but it was the other fighting game that was not street fighter and if i recall correctly azure the the ways in which it was written about were part of what brought you to wanting to write on the site in the first place is that right mm-hmm 
Right. It's like most of the uh, mainstream like outlets, whenever they wrote about SNK games or King of Fighters in particular, they kind of didn't know what to what to say about it. Um, but then I was looking around the Mad Men's Cafe um, for news on the Dreamcast port of King of Fighters 2000, which had just come out. And there wasn't really anything useful to find about that online. Then um, you did you posted like a vanity link to your newish website and I went to it and I said, Oh, this is actually saying some useful things here. And I like the voice to this. And so then I started to poke around and uh, after a little while got involved with the site. Yeah. And we had a, like on the forums, we had someone who was a possibly a bot and possibly real who, <laughs> right. uh, who was named Fire. Fire um, <laughs> right. yeah, who gave us one of our great, quotes which was kof with relation shoes which we never really <laughs> knew what it meant but it, it was something about we figured it was something about fashion and like right. playing king of fighters with shoes that that were relevant to the to the series <laughs> but fire was always coming in there and saying some stuff that like you just couldn't tell if it was a real person um but they were always talking about king of fighters you're writing about like um kof real fight for girls only yeah asterisk <laughs> That's the one I remember, the KOF for real fight oh, girls yeah. only. Yeah, that was very good. Yeah, it's kind of funny too, right? Because that's how I wound up finding Insert Credit in the first place. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to think this is two decades ago for me. Um, and this is a is like the website that I found on the internet while I was browsing around as a high schooler at the time. Uh, having come from Mexico, not being used to the fact that the United States is heavily, at the time, a Street Fighter-leaning FGC, I guess, is what I would put it. In uh, 2002, yeah. the FGC was still admittedly kind of in, in its infancy. Like, we may not want to admit it, but yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so everywhere I look, everyone wants to play Street Fighter. They want to play CBS2, which is a good decision at the end of the long run. They want to play Third Strike. They want to play all this stuff. And I'm just like, okay, but when's KOF? Um, do you all know what that is? Uh, and so... No. The, yeah, no. <laughs> honest, honest to goodness, no, they really didn't. And so... The place that I learned, I guess, maybe to like think critically more about these things was actually in Credit, like reading in Credit articles and like enjoying what Brandon had to say, what Azure had to say, um, you know, about KOF at the time. And so for me, that was just like, wow, this place is cool. And then I went, I was a complete idiot on the forums, you know, like any 6, 17 or whatever year old would be. That's what you got to do. Yeah, you're a teenager. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I eventually grew out to be somewhat of a decent human being, I think, I hope. Uh, but yeah, when I, where I got started really... Besides Shuriken, which when you said there was crossover with Shuriken, hi, it's me, the crossover. I'm the other uh, crossover. And I, I remember yeah. seeing Andres there and being like, oh shit, I've seen you around. Like, I, I, can, I can trust that someone here knows what the heck they're talking about. <laughs> hey, isn't that the one with the Sagat Tiger Raid avatar? Oh, I remember that one. <laughs> remember that? I have the avatar. I'm going to put it somewhere so that we can somehow involve it. But yeah, it was it was a good time. It was it was great to be able to read about a game series that I cherished and grew up with having lived in Mexico of all places uh, for all those years. And people were taking it like seriously and talking about it at length about things other than just this character is broken. OMG. And, you know, like I wanted to appreciate it for what it was, which is like this whole multi almost like decade spanning uh, like effort that I deeply fell in love with and that made me appreciate arcades and fighting games. Yeah, yeah I think the reason that that other people i mean you know this this is a kof special and, and a lot of people aren't gonna know about or care about king of fighters and i think the reason that we wound up caring about it a lot the game had so many characters and it had a lot of lore and it had a lot of nonsense going on with it and every time they released something there was some new i don't know drama going on within snk or there was 
some new mechanic that somebody hated and somebody loved, or there was some new weird mini game. There was always some new interesting thing, and it it really strikes me how King of Fighters is an incredibly bold series in general because the very first game is KOF ninety four. Like they drew a line in the sand. They're like, we're gonna keep, we're gonna make more of these. We're gonna make one every year. This is ninety four. This is the first one uh expect more numbers like it's a yeah yeah it was it was like this is our forever series really wild and bold way to start out and you know it could have it could have totally flopped and then it would have been the only one but they want to keep it increasing that number at least for a few years so uh yeah it's right. for, yeah. for a decade yeah not just that but didn't they originally plan it to be a brawler like there's like all of this history of right just SNK lore, which is like KOF 94 was almost a completely different game. Yeah. And instead we got what we got. And I have vivid, vivid memories of several. I'm, I'm talking about like I can recount not dozens. I'm talking almost hundreds of times that I went to go play that in the arcade as a kid. 94, 95, 96, 97, you know, uh, little corner store machines, people who I played against. I remember faces very vividly because that's that's what my childhood was. It's kind of weird, actually. That's neat. As as far as the the prompt, what is it about insert credit and KOF anyway? I feel like Brandon answered it pretty concisely when you were like, "It was the other fighting game. It wasn't Street Fighter. It wasn't yeah. Mortal Kombat." Right. I might I might posit that that is the Bonk's adventure of fighting game. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I mean, kind of. You know, I think that probably the whole insert credit style, which you know, at the time, the way that we were talking about video games, was kind of unconventional. You know, we had a very like alternative sort of take on it. We, I mean, each one of us had a different voice and we were coming you know, coming at it from a different angle. But the basic idea was we're all looking at video games as, you know, a form of communication that had something to say rather than just as like a product. Right. And that was, that was people weren't really doing that so much at the time. And the thing about King of Fighters is that it is so chaotic and there are so many things going on with it and there's such attention to like details and characters and it's it lends itself to this sort of analysis of like what it's doing and what it has to say more than a lot of other well frankly more than a lot of other video games in general never mind other like fighting game series it was kind of a perfect canvas for collective like ideas about like how to look at video game to latch onto and just try to milk some more kind of meaning out of it like this is this is just a fighting game but you know it's not just a fighting game what what else can we get out of this and then apply to you know our lives and the human experience and whatever else we wanted to feel pretentious about at that moment. Well, I think I think the 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 retrospective line of this discussion will be carried on quite nicely in the next conversational topic. So uh, let's just let's let's keep things moving. Um, I'll start with my questions, right. and then we'll move on to the rest of the panelists. Uh, and this is where where we're we're starting the timer rule, by the way. So I will start this now. Okay. Uh, so my cool question. When two people who play fighting games discover each other, they will often inquire into each other's background and history to better understand the other's perspective and possibly find common ground. Uh, when I first met Andres in person, you know, we bonded over the shared background with CVS2 specifically. That located us both at a at a at a discrete moment in fighting game community history, even though he was in uh, Florida and I was in California, right? For insert credit, what are the insert credit community's fighting game bona fides? So some examples could be. 
Uh, my book, The Educated Video Game Enthusiast Fighting Game Primer, started out as an insert credit article. Uh, obviously, many insert credit and I see adjacent folks like uh, Mariel, Persona, Vince, uh, they all worked on Skullgirls via Lab Zero and now Future Club. And uh, perhaps most notably, I know Brandon and Vince have run Asuka 120% Burning Fest Limit Over and Garoden Break Blow sessions. And one time we actually got the cops called on us while y'all were running one of those sessions. It was in the middle of the yeah. day in like Culver City or something, which to me is like Excuse the, me, most, the most possible cred you could possibly expect from insert credit. But with those as examples, like what else we got on the plate? Where Where is insert credit coming from? We need more details on this. Um, when can we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, can we? I would like the story before I even fans of the show will be will be aware of because we've we've brought it up before because it's it's the best. But yeah, it was just we were playing Asuka at Vince's apartment and um and we heard a knock on the door and it's the cops <laughs> and they were like we got a noise complaint and the, and they're like what are y'all doing in here and then they they just looked inside and they saw a bunch of nerds sitting on the floor with a with like a um a super gun. <laughs> playing Asuka and and like Rumblefish 2 and and stuff. They just saw a bunch of dweebs playing yeah, video that's, games. That's all it was. That was it. And they were like, uh, I guess keep it down. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, hold on. There's there has to be more, right? Who who threw down the money match? Who threw down the wallet for the money match? Someone did that. Like, <laughs> almost certainly. There was literally nothing. It was all like people from the anime club who were who were like at, I think at one point someone went out on the balcony and had a phone call. I think that was the loudest it got. Not even a pop-off? No, no I don't think day. so. It was I mean, like oh, three man. in the afternoon. Yeah, it was it was like it, it, the sun was shining, everybody was having a good time. Like someone might have laughed loudly when, when oh. something happened. It's like literally nothing, um, which makes it way funnier in my opinion. Yeah, I was waiting for the pop off. <laughs> like you beat somebody last second, and you were just like, "That's right," and you just got up and nope. threw your wallet down, and then nope. that's what led to the noise complaint. Nope, just just homies having a good time, and someone yeah. got called. That's incredible. Someone someone was about to switch it over to play. Um, Double dribble. <laughs> oh, man. I do want to point out yeah. that Brandon has been like the flag holder for Asuka 120% Burning Fest Limit Over specifically. Yes. Right. That is that is the version well, of the you. game Seriously. that he goes to that he evangelizes for, it, you know, that he's the running the sesh for. And that's that's a game which is a if I remember correctly, it was like an unauthorized update that was published it wasn't published right it was just uploaded like after the studio had liquidated or something like that. it was a dojin release so it was a patch that you could buy at uh comiket to apply to your your saturn game which you're supposed to somehow be able to play like it was uh it was basically an update uh, an uno unofficial update from the official developers who also were in like Studio French Bread or wherever they were. I don't I don't remember exactly. I think it was Studio French Bread. But um yeah, and then it was uh it was out of circulation for quite a long time. Um we were playing burned versions of Vince's copy. And then eventually I was like more people should be able to play this. And so he still had the zip file, although it wasn't zip, it was some other obscure compression service. Like so a, like I, a CDI or something. Like the LZA or whatever that something like that. Yeah. So nah, I commissioned yeah, yeah. I commissioned someone named Ace Programmer to <laughs> uh to they they had to figure out first 
just how to unzip it. Second of all, what very obscure burning software was used to to get it. And then from that, they wound up getting the like the ISO patch that everybody uses today. Um, because oh wow, we, yeah, because we had to yeah. we had to get through it because it was it was just not available. It's interesting because like I I mean uh, that series. The only place I ever read about it for like the longest time was on the front page of Insert Credit, and and then like one you know in the forums, each one of the sub forums had like a title which was like a spoof of some fighting game series. You had like King of Posters, and then you had like something based on um, Asuka 110 percent. I can't remember what it was. I didn't quite get it, and I was like, Brian keeps talking about this thing, and then later on, it became like much more like I hear about it all the time now, um, but I didn't realize that like you were the origin of like that being like out there. Couldn't help myself, God darn. Love that game. Uh, but we didn't talk about our bona fides. We forgot, I mean, we forgot I think, to do I that. I think that is a bona fide, that's... though, right? Like, that is, it's, it's preservation. Yeah, I guess. Like, we would not have yeah, this right. version to play with if you hadn't wanted to play it so badly that you made this happen, right? Like, a lot of the, a lot of the, like, the important, like, history of, like, art is just because things got stolen and pirated. It's like, we wouldn't have so many movies made before, like, 1920 if people hadn't, like, yeah. made illegitimate copies, like Nosferatu, yep. and Esper has a lot to say about that. <laughs> I should get a little more into the, I, I don't know to what extent I've really talked about it on the show, but the finding of Samurai Shodan 5 Perfect, um, I think I oh, yeah. talked about it some, but that's a game that was lost that was on loc test mm. in japan uh, in osaka for for uh four hours before it got pulled and there were only four blurry screenshots of it in the or like photos of it actually in in the world and uh i think everyone's heard most of that story but uh when i when i met the director of that game i asked if he still had it anywhere mm. like whatever game it was because i didn't know what it was i just knew that it was Samurai Shadow 5 with a red V. And he was like, let me check. And then he got back to us a few days later saying that uh, one of his people had it on an old hard drive. He was pretty sure. And then uh, <laughs> like a few days after, we were, uh, and he was like, but I don't know if I'm allowed to share this. And so I got, I got official. That was my best timer impression. Oh, oh okay. I got to, I got to, got to wrap it up. Yeah. But anyway, he he wound up having it and and sent us a photo of of him playing it on emulator with a Saturn pad. <laughs> I was like, this is legit. Uh, and then we wound up we wound up getting it and localizing it and putting it out for all people to see in the year 2020, which is uh, awesome. Pretty wild. Brandon has written so much text on official SNK releases the last few years. Yeah, yeah. Right. We'll move on to the next question. It is my Iori Yagami question. Y'all knew this one was coming. As of this writing, Saudi Prince Mohammed bin Salman, most notoriously known for the architect behind journalist J Jamal Khashoggi's brutal murder, is the owner of the electronic gaming development company, which recently completed a purchase of 96.18% of SNK. In other words, mm -hmm. SNK yeah. is owned by a real life mm -hmm. SNK boss. Uh, we actually broke some oh, of this God. news of the, the, the final purchase uh, while researching for the show. Right. It was kind of wild. Yeah, you did that. How does this relationship affect your relationship to and engagement with SNK's games, particularly KOF 15? Ouch. Well, for me, it's... Oh, uh, it's not great. It, yeah, for me, it has uh, ruined a relationship that I spent 20 years building. Like, you know, we, we talked about how I was working on uh, writing about SNK stuff since mm -hmm. the early days like 2001 or whatever and it's right. because of that writing that 
people that are at SNK moved to Japan and joined SNK. And uh, and so because of those connections, I wound up slowly, slowly building up my relationship with SNK proper over time to where I wound up working on several of their games. And now I can't work with them and don't feel like I can spend money be- on their games because it goes back to someone who's like committing genocide in Yemen. And so like I haven't purchased King of Fighters 15. I'm waiting for it to go on sale used somewhere so that they don't get so I'm not supporting that with my money, but man, it sucks. I would really like to be able to do things with SNK still, but it just, I'm, I can't. So that's, that's where I am. Yeah. It's, it's like a weird ambivalence. It's like, cause I mean, he's like been investing in a lot of companies recently. He's got a bit of Capcom here, a bit of like yeah. EA there, but you no, know, SNK owns like most of. Nexon too. He's got his hands in a lot of cookie jars. It's kind of it's kind of scary. But there yeah. does seem to be something distinctly personal about buying as much as presumably you could get, right? Like to to me, I don't, I don't look at it investing in the entirety of SNK and think, oh, this is a brilliant investment. I think he's probably a fan, right? No, yeah, he's got to like SNK. I'm sure that that's what's go- he played SNK games when he was young and likes it, yeah. like. I don't think anybody sane would look at SNK and say, you know what, I'm going to make a bunch of money out of this. Yeah, I have a weird parallel to this. And it actually, and Pat knows about this, uh, that I was uh, really big into Captain Tsubasa, like a gotcha game for a hot minute because that was a series I grew up with. I know it's a little bit of a tangent, but... That's what this podcast is about. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah, let's go for it. It's all tangents. I'm big on Captain Tsubasa, like the anime, well, the manga, the anime, whatever. Uh, And it turns out that the other place, like these two interests that, both are very, very popular, both Captain Tsubasa and the King of Fighters. They're also very popular in the Middle East, like hilariously, excessively popular. And so a lot of the people that were spending hilarious amounts of money on Captain Tsubasa Dream Team, almost all of the big whales were from the region. Like to the fact that I would be streaming that game uh, and a an, a player would think of nothing of swinging by and dropping $80 to tell me to pull on the banner right now so he could entertain himself. Uh, and this was common. This was like a thing that happened oh, wow. with alarming regularity. Uh, and I didn't think of it much at the time because I don't know, like I didn't, there are some like parts of politics that I did not, I guess I had like a blind spot to. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, like, sorry to get a little queasy about it because I, I didn't realize exactly what was going on until I actually sat down and thought about it. Um, but like a lot of the way that I've approached KOF 15 has been kind of the same way, right? Like to me, this guy came in at the 11th hour and he wailed out to buy SNK uh, and it sucks for me. And it sucks for a lot of people. And, you know, and I don't want to make it specifically about the fans because like, what do the fans matter in this, in the grand scheme of things as to like what this guy is. Uh, but it sucks because I want to be able to appreciate the work that that, te- that, that team did over all hey, of that time. Same. I want to support the people who worked on the game. Like I talk to a lot of those people who currently work there. Like I, 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 I exchange words every now and then with Crispy Kaiser and stuff like that. Like those people seem really cool. Like the fact that I got to, go on Twitter and ask Hideki Asanaka about music from KOF 99 and that he just like talked about it and was really cool about it. Like that, that means something to me. Right. So it's like, damn, it sucks that this happened. There are a couple of aspects to this that are just like really annoying, shall we say. One is that, you know, as, as you're saying, he just swept in like right at the last minute. And like the moment this game came out, like the next day, like went through and like bought the company. So it's like, it feels almost like he was prepping for it a little bit. Right. Like he was just like sort of like acquiring stock, acquiring stock, and then he made a deal, and then he sealed the deal as soon as everything finished. Right. You know, and it's and it's like this game is like 
you know, I think everybody was looking forward to it. This is like, it seems clearly like one of the best games in the series. Um, but it's just like, now it's just like overshadowing. It's just like, makes it a lot harder to enjoy what clearly was like a work of like a lot of creativity and like, like interest. It's quite like a lot of work went into this. Like people cared about what they were doing. They've been on the verge of it for a while and, or saying that they were, but they really truly were on the verge, uh, or maybe still are on the verge of doing new stuff again and revitalizing old properties. And they'd been, they had been consistently hiring back old talent and getting people who made SNK what it was back again and, right. and getting them together and stuff. And, you know, I was, I was going to be a part of this, uh, yeah, and I'm so enthusiastic. No, I'm not, they seem to be no. like getting their act together. I was like, wow, you know, this, it, it felt like so good and like heartwarming, you know, the future yeah. is now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the, the crazy part too, is that like, we've got to think about it, like KOF and SNK to a large degree, it's not just like our relationship, like us as people, like you and I here talking right. on the, on the podcast. <laughs> KOF is a cultural yeah. marker. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, uh, let me finish my thought. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cultural marker, not just for the fighting game community overall, because it's so international. So many people from around the world like grew up with this game and this series, and like they were all looking forward to this. And it's kind of weird, too, because at some point, this SNK villain being the actual owner is to a lot of these people only an abstraction. They're not going to understand what that means, right? Yeah. Right. And I'm not saying that just because they're ignorant or stupid. It's just like life is so... Life is so like life <laughs> right. that some people are just like, I'm going to hug on to my, uh, my creature comforts. And I understand, at least, well, for example, they don't pro probably don't think about it anywhere as deeply, but it's like I, the way I see it at this point, it's like there's basically no ethical consumption under capitalism anymore, right? right? Or if ever. And maybe, yeah, some people are going to choose what they can or what they will at least actively try to have a part in or like not have a part in. But like for me, it was like I had already pre-ordered it and it was too late, baby. Right. Like yeah. what was I going to do? And so it sucks. And I hate it's it awesome. here. I don't know if there's time to like fit go this in it. before the, the, buzzer the buzzer or whatever. Went off a minute ago. That was me. The buzzer yeah. buzzed. Go, go, go for it. This <laughs> one's worth spending a little bit. Go for All it. Right. This, okay. Kind of coming out this from a, a weird angle here, but um, the King of Fighters is, I don't know how else to say it, but it's a very queer series. And uh, it's, a lot of it isn't like explicit, but some of it is. And it seems Absolutely. like it, like, like it, it gets more and more explicit as years go on. And, you know, I'm obviously, you know, I'm trans, I'm not straight at all. And it took a long time to figure that out. But for like years and years and years, when I didn't quite understand what was going on with me, the King of Fighters in particular, like SNK really in general, but especially the King of Fighters, one, just the whole way this organized was like organizing like these found families and having like this ongoing like soup opera with the story and the way that like everything is based on like character relationships and everything, but also like just all of these different gender expressions. And like there are a lot like they try to have like a fairly even you know, uh, match of like male and female characters for I mean, for like in, in in comparison to other you know fighting games. And, you know, then there are all of these characters who are there or that they're they're male but they present present like very femme or you know they're gender neutral or you know and then you got like king for instance and she's called king because she's a drag king and, and you know she's she dressed like uh, in, in you know masculine clothes and she hid her identity originally you know it's it's in there in like the dna of this stuff and a lot of people who play the king of fighters are queer one way or another at least apparently out there on the internet the circles i move in there's like this whole 
thing. Yeah, don't take it away, please. <laughs> yeah, right, actually. and then and then you look at this dude and the way that you know they they treat homosexuals over there, and like, yeah, this is a really weird match, right? I'm not I'm not thrilled by that. It's like it's funny because KOF was like one of the first fighting games that like had people that looked different and right. also treated those as something other than a stereotype. I am looking at you, yeah, Street Fighter. Absolutely, like Street Fighter is like. All, it's, it's all like like ethnic stereotypes or it's like cultural stereotypes and King of Fighters. Everybody's an individual for the most part. Yeah, like even when they were like dealing a little bit in tropey stuff, like right. you're going to tell me that Ramon is less cool than El Forte. Ramon <laughs> is a proper cool Mexican luchador with like a story and like yeah. relationships and cool moves. And he's not he's like a little dopey, but he's like funny, friendly, jovial dopey, not a joke like El Fuerte is. We also have Angel, who is a character. Angel is a character. She's a lot, man. I, I love Angel, pero coño, it's a lot. <laughs> I don't know why I went Cuban there. She's awesome. Well, it, anyway, is, it is certainly yeah. weird to think that there is a violent dictator of sorts out there who we could conceivably play in King of Fighters 15, and he might fucking scrape us for all we know. Like maybe he's he's got, maybe he's nice. I don't know. Anyway, we'll move on to the next question here. This is my last question before we'll move on to Azure Lores. This is my cute one. If it's or credit was a fighting game event, what kind of event would it be? Feel free to describe this in terms of the type of venue, the hosted games or events, stream production format, whatever else you would imagine would be part of the event experience. So, hi, hello. For those we, of we you who don't know. we got two TOs <laughs> and Brandon being the local, uh, local scene rep for Asuka in here, at least. So there's a lot of room here. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's defer to Andres for most of this. I have run a tournament before, you know, yeah, just a small think... one in Las Vegas. You know, it's nothing big. Um, <laughs> I'm going to frame this as a meeting. Hi, Brandon. It's me. You've hired That's me it. to TO your event. Excellent. Let's put together this sick event, this sick insert credit tournament of all time. What do you want the thematic to be? You know, I'm imagining, obviously, we're going to be using a lot of black because that's yeah. the color I primarily associate with Insert Credit. I'm, and purple. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, I'm thinking some purple. I'm thinking yeah. that all the all the design, all the cool brochures and all the cool things we're going to hand out, all the merch, black and purple, mm-hmm. cool highlights. I feel like the first question to ask is, is there a tournament? There's totally a tournament. Why not? It doesn't have to be a tournament. I mean, it's tournament. It to be more... I've never seen Brandon run a competitive event in my life. And I'm like the least competitive person in the world. <laughs> I think tournaments are cool, but it would be nice to also have stuff where there's no stakes and people can play around. Like like an art table where like... Yeah, so I was thinking it could take place in a parking lot. I'm into it. Uh, <laughs> I already like where this is going. There's like an art table um, under a tent and we got generators set up and there's like music playing that and you can like sort of hear the game over the music (laughs) okay this is a good atmosphere i'm already i'm already into this yeah i wanted to have like a hangout vibe and uh make it incredibly clear that everyone is invited like all kinds of people are invited i don't know how we're gonna make money on this brandon we can run this for you at game center like two weekends from now i'm telling you if the moment you said parking lot i was like oh okay cool let's do do it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this is happening. What are the chances the cops are going to get called? If, if it's at the parking lot, I'm thinking pretty low, but... As long as we're shooting for the stars, we could get a permit. <laughs> Hell yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, so then if the, Mike the, Watson could get a permit, we could get a permit. And then we can have a, right. a permit to have, like, uh, booze on the on on the site, but we, yep. we have to make sure that everyone's over 21 then, so maybe, I don't know, it depends on if we I mean, let's, let's be that. honest, is anyone under 30 coming to an insert credit event? <laughs> you run this you run you run That's this a on a web point. forum brother i don't 
people that listen to the podcast are young sometimes. <laughs> you know, sometimes I get people who, you know, I, like you don't really think about how old people are online. You just talk to people, you kind of imagine they're about the same age as you. And then like they, you know, they find out who I am and they're just like, oh, I was reading your stuff when I was, you know, in middle school. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Why are you calling <laughs> me out right now? But you know, people that w- were reading our stuff in middle school are like 30 yeah. <laughs> or 35 oh well can we you know can okay. we not remind me of that? <laughs> <laughs> so that's why that's not, why are you doing this right now it's not that young but there there are definitely people that listen to this show that are under 20 so i mean good for them i gotta so we could have an alcohol zone and a non-alcohol zone yeah here's my proposal brandon okay what mystery we got? game but not tournament just mystery game roulette just a bunch Ooh. of setups where I love it. The, the game always changes and it's always like it's a curated experience of fighting games that we all enjoy. Wait, but I also want it. I also want there to be a tournament that makes no sense. You, games are randomly worth more points and fewer points. The whole experience of getting into the tournament would be somewhat random and enjoyable. So you, you might wind up with a total scrub against Daigo. Daigo's coming. <laughs> and so it's like that undermines like like part of like the aggressive competitive element and like forces people to just kind of appreciate what was yeah. going on in the moment. Yeah. It's all chaos. Why not an auction then? Auctions are fun. Ooh. Make people buy their way in. Yeah. Yeah. Auction tournaments are good. That's a thing we do. As long as there's a um, a very low spend cap so that it's not, you know, uh, I, I don't want people to 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 go wail on this like we were talking about with Captain Tsubasa. Well, so, so normally it's yeah. fine if they wail on it as long as we put the money towards something cool if you want to do oh, that. Yeah. Like that's yeah. a way to curb that. Okay, so it supports punks with lunch. Hey, there we uh, go. The mutual aid group in Oakland okay. right here. That sounds good. It works for me. Fuck NFTs t-shirt, by the way, if that's still um, on. Oh, <laughs> right. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What kind? What time of day is it there? Because you know, somebody with a complexion like mine, I'm not going to be able to stand out in the oh, sun. Oh, evening. For... We have tents. We have tents, though. It's evening, yeah, so and there will be tents. But no, I'm I'm okay. thinking nighttime because uh, nighttime when it's warm, uh, summer nighttime, it, and it gives more of the insert credit vibe because every it's all it's all dark colors yeah, and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Right. I like that. You know, I'm totally goth. It's and and Brandon has his whole you know dark chain. Whatever your, your thing is, Brandon, called. Brandon. What are we eating at this <laughs> yeah. event? I realize you don't really like food, but we got it. We got to get people something. Oh, yeah. Well, most of us are vegetarians. Yeah, so we're gonna have. It have to be vegetarian cuisine and just force everybody into it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know about all that. Sorry, I'm tapping out. <laughs> tapping out. Okay. Well, thanks for helping with the rest of it. And now we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna do like <laughs> vegan tacos. And, oh uh, no! Please. Yeah. <laughs> specifically to defend on base actually you know what no you know what i will still somehow sneak a taco truck that will be parked (laughs) right outside of the venue that will just have tacos well you know it could just be um so there's this place near my house called taco sinaloa which has oh i know about it yeah every everybody loves their like lengua and whatever else but they also have a full vegan menu um Mm -hmm. so they and we, we could just cater to both it's fine it works out for me. Brandon, this event is entirely doable. I think we could throw this together like actually pretty soon. I need you to come out to Game Center someday. Let's do it. All right. So <laughs> that's it for it. my three questions, but we have Azure up next. You can ask your questions in whatever order you choose. Yes. All right. All right. I'm going to start with cute, then go to cool, and then go to Yagami. Cool. Cute. So if you were gone and for legal reasons were considered persona non grata for 20 years, then one day, you chose to secretly, secretly creep back into your life. 
and say into, into your credit without anyone noticing? How would you disguise yourself? And what name would you choose? King of Dinosaurs. This is the cute question. A King of Dinosaurs. Incredible. I, I like it. How would you disguise, you disguise yourself? I would put a dinosaur on my head. And I, <laughs> I, the, the main reason I'm offering this is because when I saw this question, I looked up to see if that was uh, a KOF reference I recognized. And this is this is almost the gap between Tizok in Garo and then King of Dinosaurs ah, showing up. Are you KOF. sure, my friend? Because the King of Fighters 11. Uh, I may have forgot. Wait, was it Dinosaur in 11? Griffin Mask Tizok was in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought it was pronounced Chizok. It's Tizok. It's Tizok. Okay, yeah, well, Tizok. consider me educated. Well, this is specifically a reference to a certain unnameable, impossible character who um, will never be in a <laughs> King of Fighters yeah. game. Is it possible that he has four digits in his name? It, he's got no digits in his name because he, he doesn't have a name. He doesn't exist. Oh, he not anymore. You're right, you're right. Okay, understandable. Have a great day. I feel like we should explain this for the for the kids at home, shall we? <laughs> for the vast majority of our listeners who probably don't know that much about KF, right? This is a this is a yeah. K nine 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 a K nameless reference. Yeah, th yeah, this is a reference to everybody's favorite King of Fighters game. You know, the yeah. the world the world beloved King of Fighters two thousand one. So <laughs> I actually like K four nine as as I believe he's known who was people thought that he was too much like a clone of mm. <laughs> basically multiple characters from akira the the he, anime he's, he's basically not... tetsuo and he's like a, like his moves are copied from like tetsuo's um like animations in the movie he has tetsuo's voice actor nice <laughs> and his dialogue which is directly quoted from the movie i mean i love it he's not a reference that's just Tetsuo. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just Tetsuo. I mean, I think it's great. I was just playing as him last night, and I was doing those like that thing where he just does a bunch of punches up from the ground. I'm like, this is, this is stupid. I love it. I love it. He's an interesting character. He plays very differently, and his moves. Oh, well, I guess they're well, K49's moves are, are pretty difficult. He's got you know those S and K pretzel moves to do things, and you know yeah. it's 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 neat. But he was basically a lawsuit waiting to happen, and so. When they remade the King of Fighters 2002 to make it suck a little bit less, they, they just replaced him altogether with another character just called Nameless, um, which is kind of interesting because they put all this work into like creating like a new backstory for him. And basically, the, the whole like company line was that no, K49 never existed. Actually, you know, they, they just retconned it. So um, Nameless had always been there instead. And he had this whole like tragic backstory with like somebody else who looked like Kula and whatever. So I think I would come back wearing like I would also be named Nameless to confuse everybody. <laughs> and I would be yet another character wearing uh, Terry's old star jacket. So that oh, I would yeah. just completely throw everybody off and they'd be like, who, who, who the heck is this? But I'd, I'd have sunglasses. <laughs> right. Yeah. Extra incognito. Awesome. Yeah. Um, King of Fighters 15. There's this, there's this new character just called Cronin McDougal. <laughs> I wanted to frame that one for Brandon so bad. I was oh, going to be like, you, you go on. No, I was going to be like, Brandon. Brandon, am I the person that gets to break the news of what his new name is? <laughs> oh, wow. I, had, I, so, I had no idea. I was so excited. It was. It is, in fact, Cronin McDougal. That is a real thing that they named him. My man sounds like Highlander. He sounds like a Highlander. Yeah, absolutely. They, they they had him grow his hair out a little bit. They gave him uh, bono glasses, and um, they changed his biological arm for a, a completely like technological one. But other than that, he's the exact same character, and he's meant to be the same character. And in the dialogue, you know, there's like 
all of these references to like on hell's lake so what are you calling your calling yourself these days goodness yeah like they, they decided to own it a little bit more instead of like the whole completely sweeping it on the rug which honestly i appreciate it i think cronin's kind of cool but cronin mcdougall is just next level i love it so much <laughs> what's your name yeah. my name is cronin mcdougall with a name like that i think you can guarantee that you are only ever going to say this motherfucker's name in totality <laughs> right yeah you not call him cronin do not call him McDougal. No McD. None of this. It's Cronin McDoodle. Excuse me. Cronin, yeah, McDougal. Cronin McDoodle is even funnier. Like, this is this is going on your Starbucks cups. This is what you know. This is your your, your DoorDash name and all McDougal. that stuff. And it's like like his his you know his nest gauntlet is all like worn and weathered and broken down. And oh. it's like it's it's clear that he's been like living on the lamb for like years and hasn't been able to take care of himself and working under like false names. But this. So this is what he's calling himself now, and it's just amazing. I love it. It's, it's tough, <laughs> name still starts know? with a K. It's good. And what what else I love about it is that like his like the SNK when he first released it, they were just like with a straight face, or just like brand new uh, participant or challenger, um, just treating him as a character who had never been there before. But it's like he's so clearly the same dude. He's just wearing sunglasses and he'd grown his hair out. I love it. <laughs> Incredible. I'm going to sneak in an answer and uh, nobody can press me for answers. Uh, I would just show up as Angel. Like, there you go. There identical you go. to Angel. I will just be Angel. Fuck it. Do those little Torah ears. I mean, horns. Just like point at people. Yeah, there you go. I just, just to answer my own question here, I would go as Magenta von Ferguson. That's like Magenta with two E's. Incredible. <laughs> and I would have deep red hair. I'd be wearing uh, jodhpurs, you know, the pants that kind of bulge out of the thighs, and a frilly jacket. Nice. Makes sense. Otherwise, I just look exactly like myself. Magenta with two E's is extra red. Yeah. Magenta von Ferguson. I have to confess that when you introduced KOF 2001 is the one the world loved, my but you didn't say 2001. <laughs> my brain did the stupid math hint meme and was like, oh, 1998. Yeah, KOF 98. Great, great. <laughs> yep. All right, Azure, you want to take us on question two? All right. This is, this is the cool question. In our different ways, we've all been following Kingdom Fighters pretty closely for decades, 20 years and more. My question is, why? Most things in life, most video games aren't as interesting as all that. What does KOF say to you personally to hold your attention to yourself? Hmm. I like doing hyper hops. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know that that's the smallest brain monkey answer. KOF's about movement. Right. So I'm going to I'm gonna get into like some nitty gritty. Please. Haha, I love, I love KOF kind of crap. Yeah. There's something about the way that you can move in KOF that is immensely satisfying and that no other fighting game offers. Pat knows what this is about because he also plays K-Groove, so he understands the feeling of unga that I am talking about. I want to short hop at people, and I want them to be terrified of it. I want to be, I want to go into the air, but not too much. I want to go to the air just enough for you to think it's a problem, and then smack you with like a jumping fierce punch into your face, into your noggin, and then do bad things to you as a result. You know, like those are all very, very cool feelings about how you play a KOF versus like the expressiveness of movement in like another game. Uh, other fighting games solve that by having like instant air dashes or just air dashes in general, right? Like a, like an anime game would do that or uh, or Marvel, you know, multi-blood, stuff like that. That's how they handle that. Uh, KOF handles it by having four different jumps and they're all useful in their own way. You can run. That's like the first game, I think, that really committed to doing running instead of dashing. Right. Like dashes in, in Street Fighter, when they finally put them in, felt so clunky. You like you did like this big hop forward or whatever. And wasn't it like the same first place you also had rolls? 
yeah, KOF had rolls. It's like, oh man, I'm in trouble. I'm just going to roll on out of here. Before that, hey. you could just step out of the way of fireballs. Hey, you chucked the fireball at me? Well, that's unfortunate. I'm just going to step into the background. That's a lovely fireball you chucked at me. God bless America. Anyways, I'm going to punch you now, right? Like, those are all little things at KOF. KOF has always loved movement. Uh, and yeah. sometimes the movement's by accident. Sometimes Yori does a backdash and inputs his back uh, B special in the air, which makes him stick out his leg kind of backwards at a funny angle. But when he does that while dashing backwards, he flies across the screen away from you. And so he has the best backdash in the game by accident. Such a good accident, in fact, that they've kept that ever since. You're going to have to show me that. I didn't I didn't know about that. Yeah, back step B. He just, instead of, he, you know, try doing like a dash and then do a dash, hold the back and then press the light kick button. And instead of doing this tiny little dash, you will just... All, all the way far. You'll just fly. So, cool. All that movement, The re that's the reason I play, or that's the reason I want to play KOF. Obviously, right. I have a lot of love for KOF. I have a lot of love for the story, which some people think is that's weird. You know, whatever. You're not me. You don't live my life. I like those characters. I follow those characters forever. I think a lot of them are super cool. I love Terry. I love Yori. I love Clark. I love my. I love Angel. I love K49, even though I won't admit it to certain friends because I think he's kind of <laughs> dorky. Uh, you know, all, I like K, K is awesome. Maximus okay. cool. That whole dynamic between them and the Akari Warriors is like the coolest thing that they ever did. Absolutely. Uh, Hydern's really dope. And like, I wish they put Hydern in more games. So thankfully, they put him in this one. I just, all those characters are super cool. I think that whole world is so neat and it's like well even when it's at its goofiest it's so cool and it feels alive to some to some extent me loving that allowed me to then appreciate the finer details of the game itself such as i now know why i love this game over the other ones it's like in this game i feel like i can move freely and in all the other games it feels like i've got my legs stuck in mud yeah it's so weird going back to like just a more traditional, you know, one-on-one -on -one, um, versus fighter. And just like the characters pretty much just stand in place and punch each other. And it's like, what's going on here? Why can't I get out of the way of this or do anything? You just, it feels so limited compared yeah. to KOF. It's like why I called out Pat specifically there at the start, because Pat knows exactly what I'm talking about. When you try to play Seagru after you've been playing KGRU for a couple <laughs> weeks. Hey, how's that roll cancel looking? It looks pretty cool, huh? Hey, how you like that lack of running? My favorite thing about what you've described is uh, that it also describes Smash Brothers. Right? Oh my God, yeah, Smash <laughs> Brothers is so well, much Well, of movement. course, Rude. I mean, you know, Smash Brothers is directly inspired by, by yeah. King of Fighters 95. So. Ain't that some stuff? Yeah. When Sakurai started giving that presentation about Terry, oh God, that was great. I will tell you right now, I cried four times. <laughs> on, on my bed, I was sitting, he introduces it, I start bawling. I see that I see Terry pick it up. I'm crying. It's just tears, full on tears. He Aww. explains how he loved the game, full on tears. He's showing all the cool things about all the characters and all the little details, more tears. He really he lets everybody know that the soundtrack's coming. I was bawling. I was just <laughs> he was just nerding out the whole time. I have never seen Sakurai more excited about anything in his life. Sakurai, yo, Sakurai hit me up. We're playing KOF, baby. We're gonna get some tacos. <laughs> we're going, we we cruising down arcades in Mexico. Hit me up, baby. Let's go. What's funny about that whole presentation is that it's different from like anything else he did, he did and for like any of the other characters. He basically was like this long lecture for like all of these like people who don't really play actual fighting games who, you know, before, I mean, they, they would have been like, you know, who the hell is this guy, you know, and they're, they're just, even, even like after that presentation, they were kind of unsure about Terry. I think they like him now, now that the game's, now he's actually in the he's game. He's cool hat But there was, there was like a lot of, yeah, he was a lot, of, there was a lot of uncertainty. And so he like, he put a lot of effort into explaining why he was in the game and what he meant 
to and and what like the whole series meant to Sakurai and why this is appropriate for all of these reasons. And it was just like this whole like history lesson. And it was just he was so enthusiastic. I'm getting choked up again. Real quick, we are at <laughs> oh. time on this question. I don't think I've ever seen Brandon boxed out so hard from a question <laughs> oh. on a podcast that Tim wasn't on. It's, yeah, it's exactly But we haven't right. really heard from Azure or Brandon on this topic yet. So I'm if sorry. you have a quick word. No, that's okay. I'm, I'll be I'll be quick. I got, I got th- three things and I'll try to make them as quick as possible. One is that it's very simple, easy answer, which is that um, King of Fighters 97 was the first fighting game that I played for a long time. And that came from my lineage of playing PC Engine games. And so the Mm. only good fighting games on there really were the SNK ones. So I was playing Fatal Fury and I was playing uh, Art of Fighting and stuff. And then, uh, you know, I got a Saturn and KOF 97 came out when I had a Saturn and it was cheaper than all the other fighting games. And so I bought it and it had a (laughs) RAM cart. So I wound up playing 97 a lot. And um, interestingly, 97 is the one that is that is remembered in China the way 98 is remembered mm-hmm. everywhere else. Like 97 is the one right. that they play in China. Um, so there's that. And then there's also the movement thing for me, except it was the fluidity of animation that really kept right. me engaged because it felt like every move was moving into every other move when you did things right. And when you made that happen... Uh, as a casual player, it made you feel like you were really doing something. And so that like always piqued my uh, curiosity to keep pushing. And then the final thing is that all the characters look different from each other. And they're always interesting to research and think about. And that really kept me in there. So yeah, okay, th- those are my three. Nice. Azure? Okay. I, yeah, I think for in my case, it's mostly I'm coming at as more like a lit crit pr- perspective as I do with anything, right? Is that I really appreciate the way that uh, the series as a whole um, expresses ideas through like one thing leading into another. Like you have all of the themes going on, you know, for the series in general, for like a story arc in general, and then for a game in particular, like one particular chapter, like the tone that is trying to set and the story that's trying to tell and the relationships going on between the characters at any given moment. And all of this is communicated through the moves that are available to the characters, the inputs that um, are used to execute the moves, and the animations that are triggered after entering the inputs. And just the way that the characters are animated tells you so much about who the characters are and how they feel about each other and like what their background is and where they are in their lives right now. It's like in King Fighters 2001, you can tell that... Kyo is not in a good place. He gets this dark shadow over his eyes doing certain moves. And he's like borrowing moves from Iori. And you can tell he's just like, something ain't right with his kid at that point. And just like everything feels like it's falling apart. And just expressed through all these different elements, like very, in a very visceral, individual way. Every chapter of the game seems to, uh, of the series, seems to focus really, really hard on just saying something, communicating something um, through these basic game mechanics that on their own, um, like in some other game, they wouldn't seem like they're really pregnant with like a whole lot of communicative value. But the way that it uses them in this really simple, elegant way to express ideas, to express character, to express the individuality of these very, very different characters who aren't just stereotypes, it just inspires me. And just like, it feels so elegant in the way that it tells a story without 
even needing necessarily like these these ongoing like cut scenes and of course they're great too but it just uses the language of video games uses the language of fighting games in this really interesting way in order to tell people things and not just you know be a mechanism for punching or whatever i have to congratulate you that's the first time i've heard the word pregnant used in a sentence describing king of fighters <laughs> very so. good if my gets her way one of these days you know, i'm sure there's some google hits out there <laughs> my will absolutely impregnate andy that's how yes, i think that's going absolutely all right yeah. uh as you, you want to give us your last question and then we'll move Andy's on to the break so hot in the recent game i don't know where that came from <laughs> they made him so hot it's because he was super ugly in 14 yeah i mean he's always been the dorky brother like who cares about andy but then like the new trailer hit for this game and like everybody's like oh oh ah. even people who didn't know that they were attracted to like masculine people oh that's <laughs> anyway so <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the yangami question okay so snk has been teasing more and more over the years about the relationship between iori and kyo this will they won't they thing as um andres was describing it so let's assume for the sake of discussion that they will Kyo and Yori are going to, you know, figure things out, admit their feelings for each other. So my question is, how do you think that this will unfold? Like, what is your version of how this is going to happen? That Kyo mm. and Yori, they, they find their love for each other. Well, if you've played KOF Girls' side, uh, <laughs> then you'll know all the ins and outs. Um, that's not, that didn't need to be an innuendo. The ins and outs. Let's go! How will it happen? I mean, I, I feel like their dynamic if if you lose the uh the kind of kindergarten i'm stomping on your foot because i like you dynamic then what do they what do they have i think that they if they become a happy couple then they recede into the background of the series and someone else takes over um with the main point of tension and so they wind up probably on a team together who would be the third mm-hmm. member of that team i sure couldn't tell you chizuru yeah, I guess. I was thinking Shingo. Yeah. No, they tried Shingo once. It didn't work out so well. <laughs> Maybe just another kill. Shingo's the third wheel. It worked out for me. I love <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, it could be Kusanagi. Oh, God, just Kusanagi. Just yelling all the time because mm-hmm. Kusanagi does not have an off button. Yeah, right. uh, I think, but I think that's what would happen. They would, they would just be like, they would be happy and it would be oh. boring. And so they'd have to get receded into the background. Joe's girlfriend, what's her name? Yuki? Yuki. Yeah, she she's in uh, Gals Fighters, right? That's right. She mm-hmm. could be the third member. She's never been in a proper proper KOF except the ending of '97, I think. Oh, let's go. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Nah, I think it's gonna the way it's gonna work is, and this is a this was like a I'm throwing up the ball for Esper. It's just gonna be really weird and oddly like distant and longing like, and it's gonna involve Yori singing that song from the drama CD, the Don't Break My Soul. <laughs> wow. I gave I gave. I think both Brandon and Azure like the chills of, oh no, <laughs> that one. I just want him to like belting out like, whoa, whoa, tonight. That's what's going to happen. And then they're going to do things to each other. Then it gets into like a um, Yakuza style karaoke minigame. And you got to yes. press along with that song. And they're, and they're just doing their little kicks and punches as, as it goes. Yeah. Oh, ship it. Yeah, let's do I it. I want this game. Yep, this game's happening. First, we got to get rid of, uh, you know, some other things that are going on. And then after that, we can... <laughs> and we can then... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Easy. Easy peasy. Let me squeeze. Rhythm of fighters. Help help me out here, because my points of reference, if we're triangulating the great like rivalries of fighting game leading men, right? We got uh Ryu and Ken, for whom uh it's hard to imagine Ryu being sexual at all. 
right? Or romantic at all. They clearly all. So, have a very uh, platonic rivalry. Ryu has yeah. never fucked. Which is why um, they're safe to show his package in right. the, <laughs> the Street Fighter 6 trailer, it is, right? It is a weapon like everything else about him, right? And then on, right. The, on the other side of the continuum, <laughs> I think of Soul and Kai as like, Soul and Kai are the romantic leads of Guilty Gear and Dizzy, Jacko, whoever, like they're all just beards or otherwise involved. They're watching the spectacle, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and... When I think Kyo and Iori, I do think martial arts rivalry, obviously their clans have this history, right? It reminds me almost of like warring ninja clans or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. There's obviously a flair to it, a heat, if you will, some fire. Uh, (laughs) I couldn't resist. Mm -hmm. God damn it. Um, But uh, I actually don't know where you like where you read kind of the tone, right? Because there's there's a lot of edginess in there that isn't in Ryu and Ken and is kind of uh just convenient for soul and kai but for kyo and yori i don't know how much of that edge or that that impl- that that like expressed hatred right. is real i feel like a lot of it has diminished over the years where it became really interesting was the transition from 97 to 99 after you know they collaborated in order to take down uh orochi but then kyo disappeared and iori went he went nuts trying to find kyo and he straight up goes looking for him yeah, I mean, like Aww. ostensibly, ostensibly to kill him, but that's kind of like, it's just kind of <laughs> like the way that he says, his that says hello these days. You know, he's just like, uh, he sees Kyo on the screen, just like, I'm going to kill yeah. you. And, and and Kyo's like, yeah, hi, Yor. He's like, yeah, thanks. I missed you too, Same buddy. Same time next week. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Yori Sundere. A little bit. Yeah. Nah, I think uh, it, it's, it's actually kind of interesting. So, Pat, if you need to know and you need to understand why everyone's like, Ah, understood. Uh, go look up the 2001 uh, Kyo and Yori intro. You know, it doesn't have to be right now, but you'll understand. Those those boys are those boys are close. Gotcha. So do do we think they're like settling down, finding a nice apartment somewhere? Like, what 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 is the end game for these? Nah, two? absolutely not. It's a, it's gonna be on and on and off, uh, caustic relationship probably. Yeah, mm. Kyo's gonna live with his girlfriend. Uh, Yori's gonna continue having a rundown apartment where he owns exactly two things and is haunted by his uh, uh what is it like a uh, lesbian ghost moms? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, right. And uh, occasionally he'll shut them up long enough that Kyo and Yori are gonna have a fight. They're gonna get jumped by like random people at a bar, and they're gonna turn around and fight the people at the bar because they dared interrupt their fight. And they're gonna get some drinks, and you know they're gonna go to Yori's apartment. Things will happen, and right. then the next day they'll they'll fight again. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like an extension of the dynamic that they've got so far. Where this this at this point. They're not really out to kill each other really so much anymore, but they just kind of, they're all still drawn to each other anyway. And then, and they don't know why, cause they don't, they don't think that they like each other. <laughs> all right. Nice. Well, I feel like we got, sir, got somewhere with that one. So thank you for asking. Nice. I guess we'll be right back after a quick break. I hope people like KOF because this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> hey, we like KOF and that's, yeah, that's what true. matters. That's true. I think it's easier to moderate y'all when you're talking about stuff you don't like as much. Right. That's true. Welcome back to Insert Credit Pod of Casters. I'm Patrick Miller. Here with Andres Cole, Azulor Corrigan, and Brandon Sheffield. Uh, 
Before we get back into the into our regular discussion topics, I thought I would acknowledge that this is somehow the second 420 podcast recording I've done for Insert Credit, but the first that's actually on <laughs> yeah. April 20th. So uh, I, I appreciate the consistency, and it's been super do dope to talk about KOF. So let's jump right back into Gotta it. Gotta keep the brand. Let's hyper hop back into this one. What if Bernie Sanders will be listening to this? <laughs> I hope Bernie plays KOF. That'd be tight as fuck. He's a fan. And Trace, you want to take us through your questions? Sure. I'll start with the cool question. I want to know, and this is more, I guess, like about SNK itself. What do you think that this iteration of SNK is the most successful it's been since the 90s? Ooh, good question. I mean, well, I think they might be about to be uh, because, I mean, they did pretty well with Samurai Showdown and I... I'm definitely looking for, like they're actually licensing outside stuff. And I think that the that uh, Metal Slug tactics game looks super good to me. Uh, like I'm super interested in that. But at the same time, I also think that the chaos years of the early 2000s are extremely fun. So it's hard. Hey. Yeah, it's hard for me to say for sure. I'm, but like those chaos years when they put out QF 2000, 2001, and all the weird metal slugs and like started doing their 3D PlayStation 2 games. It was just all so strange. And it felt like they were just flailing around in the dark, but a lot of interesting stuff came out of it. Not interesting, good, but interesting, yep. interesting. Well, 2000, KF 2001 is interesting, good, but like Twinkle Star on PS2? Yeah. La Petite this... Princess? That game was kind of cool actually yeah, there's a lot of weird like the full 3d and everything like why did they make a 3d twinkle star sprites they didn't need to do that um but it was but cool it was cool but i think that probably this is the most successful they've like successful in terms of execution and money gathering that they've been since the 90s yeah this might not be exactly precise but when i when i hear snk in the 90s i i overlap a little bit and i basically take that until like the end of the original snk like and through like as far as chaos kof is concerned 2000 but like before like aeolith before you know Playmore. Up until the point where they were pretty much just dissolved by um, Arze. I mean, that, that gets into the early 2000s. Then it's like everything after that, I think, is like the 2000s, like a whole Playmore and then SNK Playmore and SNK Neo Geo USA Consumer Corporation and all of that. Well, you also had the you also had the Neo Geo Pocket in the early 2000s. Um, I mean, it came out yeah, originally. I mean, it, came, and... it came out in, in 99. Yeah, but, but all the games like... came out in the 2000, early 2000s. So. I mean, it's like technically, but then it was like discontinued like 2001. So it's like it doesn't like it doesn't feel like the 2000s. Part. It's like it's like the, the very end, as I say in, in the UK, the fag end of, <laughs> of, I, of the I, 1990s. You know, I feel like they shouldn't say that. I know they're talking about cigarettes, but <laughs> I just don't like it. I just don't like it. I feel like I have privilege, so. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. <laughs> Sticking with my guns, re not liking it. I still don't Right like on. It. I, I appreciate that. It's kind of wild too, right? Because it is kind of strange, like seeing, like if you remember the times of like Aruze broke uh, SNK up right. and just uh, yeah. bankrupted them. And then you remember what it was like to be an SNK fan in the early thousands where God, it, was it was like chaotic. Oh, it was it was chaotic and also you were worried the entire time because you didn't right. know if it was all going to hold together and they managed to hold it together all the way until the Atomus wave and then through the Atomus wave yeah and then after the Atomus wave you're like oh my god are they going to be able to release 12 then you see 12 and you're like there's no chance they make 13 and then they made 13 and you're just like how do they how are they alive yeah, where are they who is this <laughs> and they stopped making games for like five years and just like well uh, what happened to them <laughs> yeah and then suddenly here's this weird 3d version of kof called kof 14 and i was like excuse me what 
Yeah. And at first it looked like crap, but then it kept on looking better and better and better. So it was built yeah. on their uh, Android engine originally. Really was, it was on Android? That explains so much. That oh explains so much. It does. It, then they hired one person to do shaders. <laughs> and then that's why it looks better. Um, oh my that's, God. Yeah. So that's why, it, but they abandoned that once they got to 15 because they knew that they, I mean, everybody knew that they weren't supposed to be doing, or shouldn't be doing that, but that's, that's what they did. So. That is the best story I have ever heard. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I very much appreciate that. That's, that's yeah, amazing. That's not, that's not common knowledge, but uh, SNK is never going to work with me again. So. You don't know that. Well, you okay. don't know that. SNK has make, been just been making the weirdest hardware decisions for like as long as I've been you know, following them closely. Oh, yeah. And that, just, that just like yeah. fits right into the whole, what the hell is this? Isn't that so crazy, though? Like they they spent all this time making like all these, like frankly, deranged hardware decisions. For right. then 15 to launch on Steam, Epic Game Store, PS4, and PS5, and Xbox Series X and S. Like, they were just like, you know what? We hear you, and we know all of these things. And they got rollback. Yeah. yeah. And we have rollback because you all I mean, this complained is, this for is what it. happens thinking... when you got money, right? Like, you make boneheaded decisions, not mm -hmm. because you think they're good decisions, but because they're the best available decisions that you have, given the people you have on your staff and the resources you have to finish something. To describe yeah. SNK as successful right now is really interesting to me. I think, I think Brandon, you alluded to this earlier, where it's like, yeah, they have more money now than they, than they have had in a long time. And it lets them do things like release KOF 15 at a generally professional level of quality, right? Which is really impressive because it costs a lot more to make a game now mm -hmm. and to get people's attention now than it did 20 years ago especially if you're snk 20 years ago right yeah. the fact that they're making games at all this in the in this current market like think about how many of their peer studios have either gotten lost to acquisitions or uh their ip just kind of shuffled off from holding company to holding company or whatever snk still has hmm. ips that are at least somewhat bankable right that you can sell to at least like middle-aged fucks like us how that is impressive um, but they're also like, like I look at where they're at. And I'm like, cool. They got a shot to keep going. How much, how much longer do we think they're going to stick around? How much, how much, how much longer can they get away with this when games are only going to get more expensive to make from here on out? It really all depends on whether they can make new stuff. They got to make new games. So, like, right. I think they may actually don't know this, but I think they made a lot of money on like Metal Slug mm -hmm. Attack and stuff. Yeah, I get that impression. That game was doing really well. I think as long as they try things and th to me, it's encouraging, um, you know, so, so much as I, as I want to see the SNK brand continue to succeed, which I, I do just under not a dictator. Um, I think I, them, them having someone do third party, a metal slug tactics game is a good sign of things that they could be like, they could go a Sega direction where they have other people, relaunching their ip and then they can do no new stuff with it and then maybe from there they can start actually making new stuff that actually feels like snk Whatever right. that i think means. that's the thing is since snk fell apart the first time understandably enough they've been in a very conservative mode creatively yeah. where they just kind of like they're doing what seem like the surest bets that somebody might actually want to buy and like they, so they've only been putting out like their biggest name series just over and over again, all these legacy things. And then even within those series, like King of Fighters, it used to be so progressive and experimental, but really 
um, for a while now, the games have been pretty much falling back on like what people expect to see because they don't have, they're not putting out a new one every year and they have to make sure people aren't going to be put off by this one. Yeah, they are finally out of survival mode. And then this happens. Well, that is that is what got them out of survival mode, right? Like, the funding is what let them finish yeah. the game. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. the funding came out originally from the Chinese investors, right? Like, this whole yeah. new yes. thing was right. more on top of that. Like, this guy suddenly decided, oh, I'm going to buy this. But for a while, it was just like, I think it was like Perfect World or something. And a bunch of other people that had yeah. like a little bit of bits and pieces. So, yeah, weird stuff. Speaking of Perfect World, should I ask my next question? Yeah, please. So, in a Perfect World where an SNK villain is not the owner of SNK. What classic game series do you want to see now that we were talking about IPs? So good point. My cute question is, what classic game series do you want to see come back? And who, or if you want to see it like leased out, who would you want to see it leased out to? And failing that, if you don't really care about any other SNK properties, which I'm sure is not the case here, do you want to see any particular characters come back from some of those, from some hidden property to a version of KOF in the future? Or this one? I could tell you the games I wanted to make. Please. I want to make a new Shock Troopers oh, because I yes. like. The, I mean, yep. it's that's Soros, but I want to make a new Shock Troopers. I, I love a uh, top-down scrolling action shooter Contra style with uh, with a roll button. I love that roll button, and uh, and I would I would put cover in it so that you can lean behind things and roll oh. out of cover and shoot and roll back in stuff like that. I want to play your game. Yeah, thanks. Me too. Um, <laughs> I would love to make. A new Beastbusters, um, but like yes. the oh yes, like the arcade version, or you mean the Dark Arms Beastbusters? I actually mean the Dark Arms version. <laughs> yes, yeah, um, love that just, so much. That's I was gonna say that honestly. Action Pokemon game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talked to my boy Dino about that game a while back, and then he ended up doing a Beastbuster stream, and he ended up running all of Beastbusters Dark Arms. So if you are listening to this and you haven't actually watched that, should the name I just mentioned, Dino, please go check it out so you can see what that game is so that you too can crave that game because that game slaps. And if yeah. you get your hands a copy of the game, please play it. It's like the closest thing they've done to Crystallis since Crystallis. And of which I would like to see them have another stab at Crystallis <laughs> or something like similar, at least in a similar sure. vein. I mean, I would love to do, I want to do an Athena <clears throat> multi character beat em up yeah. which i think would be really man. really fun and i have a specific mechanic in mind for that that I, I won't reveal here because nobody's done it yet and i'm super interested in it but yeah i want to do that athena thing and then what was my last one i had one more that i wanted to do i don't remember it, it might have been something like try to make an actual snk rpg <laughs> right but that would be oh, ridiculous man. brendan hang on to that one yeah azure what were yours but hang on to that last thought you just had. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean, I definitely was going to say, um, you know, Dark Arms Beastbusters because that's that's just one of my favorite SNK games, like at all. Um, but on top of that, Crystallis, or if not Crystallis exactly, then okay, that's the reason why Crystallis couldn't become like a series, like Final yeah, Fantasy no or something, or, they or Fantasy Star, where it's like this shared universe, even though each game is kind of standalone. Then. Basically, it's like the different sort of things that SNK used to do, rather than just like the same couple of genres over and over again. I'd like to see them do something like Cool Cool Tune again. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I mean, SNK has such oh, wow. a brilliant music team. It'd be interesting to have a game that focused on the music in that way again. Even though I know that we're not quite in like the whole um, uh, rhythm game genre anymore. I'm sure they could do In arcades, we still are. Yeah. Yeah, they're still happening over there. It's pretty, pretty hot still. So I feel like on mobile too, there's like a, there's still space for that. Right. And yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And then there are like, 
all of these games that are like by SNK second parties, or I'm not exactly sure who owns the rights to them now, but like, uh, like how do you pronounce it? Like Faustale? Yeah. Um, oh man, Faustale. What yeah. a good game. That That's wonderful also. I, I just adore it. That's a Sacknoff joint. That was uh, Hiroki mm-hmm. Kikuta yeah. and his homies, right? Yeah. Yeah, that actually was. It was that and Kudelka. Right. Kudelka which is, is definitely one of those. I would, yeah, it's Shadow Hearts now. It would be cool to also do a uh, Magician Lord. I would totally do a Magician Lord. Totally. Totally. So, Brandon, the yeah. thing I wanted to do, what you were talking about, so you've touched both of them. I, of all of the things that seem so easily adaptable to something like a tabletop RPG or some sort of tabletop RPG uh, world or game of some kind of thing, I would absolutely love to see some sort of actual CRPG version of Magician Lord because Magician Lord is so crazy looking. You could also do Cross Swords, which is pretty bizarre. Yeah, you Abs- could have something yeah. like a Dark Souls Magician Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make Elta now an Elden Ring and you can't stop me. I just realized you could totally make that. The outfit is there. You can totally do it. But can I play the little song from Theme 1 while I'm, de- while I'm rolling around? Because in- that seems important. I also like Top Hunter. Nobody talks about <gasps> Top Hunter, yes. but I like Top right. Hunter. Sure, sure. And it's really charming. Weird action platformer. Um, And while I'm going nuts, I'm going to do like one of their Hyper Neo Geo driving games. Like Extreme oh. Rally or um, what was the other one? Drift Heat or something. Um, yeah, those those are actually kind of, I don't know. They're they're weird. They look different. They look like they have a unique vibe to them. They're not perfect, but I'd love to like. If I'm trying to keep SNK relevant, I want to have I want them to have a foot in all genres, and so I'd bring back one of those. Right. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Cover it covers too much of the same ground as um, Shock Troopers, maybe, but. I'd just like to see proper full-size um, um, Ikari Warriors again, but, like, with everything that's happened in between, and, like, both in terms of, like, game development and, like, what's changed with game development, but also what's happened with the Ikari Warriors in the KOF universe, right? Yeah. Be able to play as Leona or Whip. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine playing as Whip in some kind of, like, a top-down shooter like that. I love cool. it. How many steps away before K just winds up in a proper Metal Slug game? Because he's already, like... Right. Ikari family, right? Just gonna Basically, go yeah. around shooting guns and throwing your sunglasses I would, at people. I would play Whip in a Castlevania game. <laughs> I think Andres, you've got one more on deck, right? Ikarivania. Yeah, well, I got more. my Iori question. So the SNK Sound team, as we all agree, very strong historically. You know, ever right. since Athena, uh-huh. uh, they really came into its own during its stretch of the '90s. They really got like every single drop out of that Neo Geo before they got broken up, uh, Not, and they've yeah. had even. Back then and now since, uh, you know, especially recently, I guess, uh, with 15, they've had incredible sound design and their soundtracks are awesome. So which of all of these games has the most memorable sound design to you? I'm not talking about the best. I'm talking about which one stuck to you the most. 99. No question. Yeah, I think that makes sense. For, for me, it probably is KOF 97, but it's ultimately about which KOF I really played first, because to me... For people who don't play this game, for whatever reason, the way that they used the the Neo Geo, they I think they must they had a lot of sound samples to use, and so they crushed them down, and so they wind yeah. up all sounding blown out, and so like you hear a hit, and it's like, and it, it's just like this mess of static, and and people's voices and attacks sound like they're standing too close to the mic, and they they're just like <laughs> everything's peaking, and I love it. And I feel like it adds this real, um, this real feeling of kinetic energy to the series and to the yeah. game in general. And I keep at, with every game that I make, I keep trying to push my 
a sound designer like can you just make it a little sound a little more blown out just a little more than this just just a little more this time right. <laughs> because i keep wanting to get it closer to that that peaking you're not looking for verisimilitude you're looking for you know expressive exactly you know, performance you want exactly. the energy yeah. also probably sounds right. like a blown out arcade cabinet Let it. it could be yeah absolutely it's interesting to say that because i mean this isn't this is kind of like tangentially almost answering the question but it's like the NES era in general, 99, 2000, and 2001, which is what I'm going to say, but just in a minute. But 99 and 2000, much more obviously, because they're just, they're gorgeous. Like, 99 is one of the most beautiful video games I've ever seen. It's just astounding. Like, you, you look at the pixel art of the backgrounds, and it's like, this happened, this actually existed, and it's kind of almost unbelievable in hindsight that, you know, there were games being made that were that, that gorgeous, and somebody drawing them dot by dot. But the music also is changed so much. Suddenly it's got this like electronic, like rave vibe to it. And like everything that K Dash has through the series, or K Apostrophe as as Andres likes to call it. Um, <laughs> I have done no such thing. It's almost always the best theme in the entire game. Like down to I don't remember the names very well, but the one in, in King, King of Fighters Eleven, um, that's it's just amazing. But the thing is as as memorable and moody and vibey as as a soundtracks to 99 2000 are 2001 is of course one and andres is going to love this is it, the one that like nobody likes king of fighters 2001 except it's, for it's the best one except for <laughs> as enlightened people such as the people in this in this chat right now yeah. but um, the music in particular people just can't stand it the thing is i don't dislike it i mean i i mean i genuinely genuinely like most of it and it's like, okay, the original samples are not great, but especially with the arranged version, you can tell much more easily what they were trying to do with the music. And like, granted, it, the game was, it's a kind of a miracle that, that 2001 exists at all. You know, by the time they got around to doing the music, it's like, they didn't have anything to work with. And so like all of the, mu all of the tracks are like, like 30 seconds long or, or shorter and, you know, not very developed. They don't have like the best samples, but... Or, you know, they just rip off the melody from a Nine Inch Nails song, like Into the Void. Or, yeah, Oops. that's great. Oops. But there were some really good ideas in there. And I find them very interesting and very different. And the fact that they are so different and they are so grungy, I think it fits the whole, like, vibe of the game, like, falling apart. Like, you know, this is like the end of the saga. And, like, everything is, is breaking down and desperate. And, and the entire game has this sort of tone of, like, decay and, like, tarnish and rust and kind of people at the end of their wits. And the music just contributes texture to that whole mood that the game has. And like all the pieces of the game just fit together in this really interesting, expressive way that, you know, if you were to look at the individual elements, you'd think, okay, this kind of looks like crap, but they fit together in such a way that really speaks to me. Yeah, it's a weird Jenga tower that's still standing up. Right. The KOF series in general, it's interesting to look at, you know, their other big series right before, which was Samurai Showdown and mm -hmm. how it had all this negative space a lot of emptiness and like waves crashing and uh it was a it was a more subdued game and then you get to KOF where it has like two characters shouting their slogans at each other simultaneously over blasting yep. music and blown out hit sounds and all this stuff and it was like texturally so so different and made a, another statement i would say um coming out the gate so it's it's kind of neat to think about how they were 
mean, they were trying to stand out in the arcades, but also they were trying to differentiate themselves from themselves. Yeah, right. it's it's funny you mentioned Sam Show too, right? Because like Sam Show three, specific, specifically because of like that use of negative space. Uh, whenever a track is actually like a bop or like it actually goes in, you know that you know something you know should just hit the fan. Yeah. And so like everything is very sparse in, in Sam Show three, but then Basara comes on the screen and he has a whole ass theme, right. and it's foreboding and dark and it means business, and you're like, oh, oh god. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually expecting to have to like defend KOF 97. Clearly, I didn't understand the audience <laughs> that I was uh, joining, joined up with, right? It's interesting. I love the music in that one. Oh my God. Well, yeah, I have yeah. to. Oh, I'm, I'm going to finish this out. I'm sorry. I spend so much time having to explain to people. Yeah, no, dude, 97 has top tier sound design. I don't know what's wrong. Yeah, it's sparse. Yeah, the, the tracks, the actual tracks of the, th- the stages. Yeah, they're very quiet. They're very moody. There's a lot of negative space in there. Like yeah, you were mentioning. 97 right? the only one with space in it, really. And a lot of that is because 97 has a very strange mood of it is kind of a horror show. Yeah. And it feels like a world. It feels like you got invited to this tournament and you're you're witnessing it. Yeah. And not just that, but like even as you're witnessing it, you can sense that something's wrong because there's it's lacking a Mm -hmm. lot of the bombast of previous uh, of previous games. And the only people that can cut through that through that like silence are the characters with the big personalities. Or the characters that came out of nowhere. You know that for some reason, these new guys, they come out and the very first thing you hear is that lick of da-da-da-da-da. You know, it's like, "Uh uh-oh, what are 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 these characters about? And then the whole game spends so much of that time being silent. And then you get dropped into a mid-boss and it goes full horror and crisis control hits. And you're like, oh, oh, she's coughing up all the blood in her, but oh, she's trying to murder me. What is happening? I thought I was here for a jaunty fighting game. It turns out I was in a horror movie. By the way, after this, I have to beat three people who are trying to kill me. And then after that, I have to punch God in the face. Oops, it's Shin Megami Tensei. I didn't know this was happening. You know, like, how did that happen? How did we get from KOF to, hey, here's just the God of the universe. Yeah, they're slowly just pushing the lever up throughout the whole game. And then at the end, they're like, it's God. Yeah, yeah, it's just, hey, look, it's God. We found them. <laughs> Anyways, die. Because <laughs> he's really cheap. <laughs> then you have to attack and kill God. So Yeah, attack and dethrone yeah. God, I think it oh, was. Yeah, dethrone, right? yes, Which brings us perfectly to Brandon's yeah. questions. <laughs> it's time for me. Okay, so uh, I'll start with my cool question. Uh, did you all watch that movie? <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> the movie's terrible. It's terrible. I could. I. I was. I bought it for five dollars uh, on Blu-ray, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll just. I'll just. Um, I'll just put this on, and I'll see how it goes." And it was so. I couldn't get fifteen minutes in. It's terrible. Anyway, the real cool question is, um, what is the best outfit in KOF history? Mm-hmm. Oh crap! Oh, I needed. I needed prep time for that, man. <laughs> this is a hard one because, like, every character in the game. Uh, dresses like a different kind of lesbian and it's like <laughs> every kof is like a fashion show yeah and they change their clothes from uh they do from, from thing to thing like everybody is so fashionable and so interesting and full of character i like kyo's kof 2002 white jacket yeah you know yeah um I don't yeah, know if it's my favorite look but i like right? it i love yashiro's little neck choker <laughs> with a heart of her yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like... yeah shermie's new outfit is just yes to die for now this absolutely is, this this is just a me thing but um you know i never really understood shermie all that well before and but then like a few months before she was announced in the new game like i started to look at her again and just like you know i think i get her actually now now that i have a better idea of who i am it's just like i kind of understood where she was coming for, from like what her 
like how her personality worked and everything, like how that sort of like was reflected in the way she presents herself. And she just felt very transy to me, you know? And then she came out with a new outfit and was like, oh, well, okay, leaning right into it then. <laughs> Understandable. It, it, it feels very transy in a good way. I always liked um, Athena's short hair mm-hmm. hero look. Like she sort of looks mm-hmm. like a superhero with her, with her short hair. She's, she's, she like buzzed all her hair off. Uh, which is right. really cool and interesting. That's um, she looks great in the Ness games. She does. That's true. The best Athena outfits are the the three main Ness games. I guess two thousand two also. Let's just include that. The the Ness saga and then the new game. I think five games are like it. Those are those are like her absolute peak. I actually think one of the travesties of two thousand two is how badly I don't like Athena in that game. She okay. looks so gah. I don't know. She looked so cool before. It's my least favorite of the, if you want to count it as a NES game, of the NES games. But uh-huh. um, I still think it's more interesting than a lot of her, especially the outfits that, that followed up until just now. Like her outfits have been really lacking since. To me, they're all the same. Like that era of like what we call like Moeblob Athena is all right. just game Athena. I'm just not a fan. Um, right, right. I agree on Shermie. Shermie was one of the people that I was actually going to call out on that. Like she looks so sick and the latest outfit is even sicker uh it took 11 years for my boy yori to get a new fit and he mm-hmm. finally got it in yeah, 12 and 13 it took him a and long time i thought that fit was all right he looked all right and then 14 came out and i was like all right picking up what you're putting down it looked pretty cool this latest fit for yori is like the greatest thing ever the 15 fit so good. Actually, he is actually the coolest he has ever looked and I, it's like the first time i've considered oh i might buy that right like it's like i could dress like that and also look really cool and I was like, oh, man, there's so many characters. There's a lot of characters. The thing that I really appreciate is because, I mean, we talked about how, like, um, how many different gender expressions there are in King of Fighters. And one of the things that always, uh, always stood out to me were the characters where that was much more evident. Like, King has always been, like, my main main. She's, like, mm-hmm. she's always on my team, no matter who else I have on there. And, you know, her whole deal from the beginning was, you know, cross-dressing. Um, but then you got Vanessa. And Vanessa is the, I think, probably the only character I could like plausibly cosplay from King of Fighters, both from, like in terms of her body type and her height, but also just like how much I like. I appreciate the way that she's put together her outfit with like the this dress shirt and the tie and the suspenders. It's, it's so cool. She and, she's actually like like one of the perfect examples of you don't gotta like overdress to look sick as hell. No, absolutely. She got like three items on. She bam. Yeah. She looks awesome. And on the other hand, you got. Banimaru, who's who's like, I'm gonna put on some sort of animal print and uh, and skin tight jeans, and I'm gonna do. We don't talk about those years. We don't talk about those years. About that specific year. It's very good. He has a he has like a key pal top now. Very good. It's pretty cute, actually. Fuck with Banimaru. Banimaru is like slowly became one of the most powerful characters in the game, which is like. No, I got. I guess it wasn't that slow. No, he has always been broken. That guy, that boy, that boy got. His legs broken for CBS two because they understood the power behind Benimaru. <laughs> yeah. In fifteen, in fifteen, he's actually like not very good. They made they like took away like a lot, a lot of stuff that made that character hilarious. Makes me want to play him more. Yeah, he's great. If we're gonna talk about like KOF outfits, though, we can't you know, leave uh, K Dash unmentioned because <laughs> it's like he's. I mean, there's so many people who try to make a cool character. But most of the time, they just like, you're kind of like, okay, whatever. But K-Dash is one of the few examples of somebody who's like self-consciously designed as a cool character who is actually that cool. I feel like K-Dash is still a dweeb. <laughs> a little tiny piece to that is that uh, mm-hmm. Gainitz is also extremely cool. 
and he has oh, yeah. an extremely crazy outfit. Uh, and I mentioned that for that. a reason. You're going to be seeing more of that outfit, maybe. Who I'll got to give it up for Rugal. His his coat came is yeah. amazing. Yeah. The original or Omega? No, He's no, the, uh... original because Omega okay. Rugal, Omega Rugal <laughs> looks like a doofus. Just wearing a smoking <laughs> right. jacket. Brandon, you got another question for us? I do. Uh, it's my cute question, which is, what are your favorite ca- uh, King of Fighters adjacent games or mini games? So, like, for me, I love that puzzle mode in King of Fighters 2001 on the Dreamcast where they yeah. had, it was like horizontal Tetris, but with uh, super puzzle fighter style little actions going on in the middle. Super cool. Or like King of Fighters Battle to Paradise on the Neo Geo Pocket or that Sky Heroes shooting game. So yeah, what are, what are the ones y'all like? I knew that you were going to mention the uh, 2001 Dreamcast port at some point, and that's a really good port. They did, That's my favorite version of the game by far. Yeah, I mean, that puzzle mode never came back anywhere else. It only exists no. there, so y'all should get it. They did so many unnecessary things. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I, I played a lot of that puzzle mode, actually, on the Dreamcast uh, ports. That puzzle mode was rad. Yeah. There, there's no reason for it to be there, but it was, it was, I'm glad it was. It's also no reason to be that good, and yet it was. Right. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Battle of the Paradise? Yeah. What if I told you that it's specifically one Battle of the Paradise minigame, and it's just the one where you Brian Copter into the stratosphere? <laughs> and that's actually the only game you need in that one. You could just play that one for the rest of your life yeah, and you'll be foot, happy. Does football count as a KOF adjacent game? Because Oh, yeah. That? I guess so. <laughs> in a way, right? Uh, the real answer yeah. to that, though, for me is a Card Fighters Clash, I think, is... Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, Ex- excellent. You know, I was going to say, like, the, those weird um, uh, mini-games from uh, Match of the Millennium, where you know you got like ghost trick where you're hopping around um you know with with arthur from the like the, the makimoro games and you've got like a uh sort of like this dating sim thing that you do with um like one one capcom character i think it was karen and one one snk character and you just like have all of these cute little like bite size games that you play in order to like earn points and to power up your characters and things I th- the, the Felicia, the little Felicia rhythm game was in that one. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. I just found out that they, uh, they shut down King of Fighters for mm. girls last year, which was. Yeah. The- oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's what it was. It's, I, I, oh. it's like, I've never. <laughs> and Days of Memories. Yeah. Which is maybe what you were thinking. I haven't seen it in English, but it's like, I've, I've been wanting to play King of Fighters for girls because it just, it looks so, it looks right up my alley. Shit, I want to play KOF for girls. Well, it's shut down now. Oh, darn I hope someone has like translations of it at some point. Maybe I'm sure there are are going to be versions drifting around someplace. If you know, maybe Brendan, can you help us with this? (laughs) I could try. I mean, a nice LDH file out there. Yeah, maybe so. Days of Memories are eventually going to get translated, so that'll be something. Um, If they're not already fan translated, I think the the other one. uh, And Brandon, you mentioned it earlier. Brandon, how much do you miss Rhythm of Fighters? Because I miss that game a lot. Yeah, that's pretty good. Did any of y'all play that KOF MOBA? Uh, yes, I, I didn't did. get to actually play it. How was it? It was in Thai. Uh, awful. Uh, like really, really, really bad. Like bad in a way that I cannot begin to describe to you. Uh, it was a. It's the kind of game that I would have a mm-hmm. someone who plays dank games play if that game was still available. It's like League if League didn't understand how League operated. Uh, right. Like what made what made what made good. Um, and so the only thing you can do now is you could play like Mobile Legends Bang Bang, and then you can buy a yori skin for one of the characters or something oh hey you know basketball is a is a king of fighters yeah, adjacent game Sam because they do have that they do have a you have lucky no 
And in China, you can <laughs> oh. pick Yori and Shermie because people thought that Shermie wouldn't be balling, but Shermie do in fact be balling. I mean, seeing seeing fighting game characters dunk on each other, like the I only only saw saw the Sam Show characters in that I forget what the game was, but I just remember seeing Nakaru. Freestyle two. Okay, freestyle two. I saw Nakaru and Haomaru dunking on fools, and it looked perfect, right? Because both fighting games and basketball are really good at giving you a venue to communicate disrespect within the confines of a of a player versus player like competitive activity. <laughs> Absolutely. It would be cool to have something like mm -hmm. the Riki Kunio games, you know, the Neketsu games. They go go across all these different genres, even if the core is these brawlers, right? Mm -hmm. It'd be fun to have something like that going on with King of Fighters, to be having like a you know, not necessarily like a super dodgeball, but something although there was one for the Neo Geo. Um, but you know, to have these events that that star like various teams made up out of like the vast uh, array of King of Fighters characters. There are like two hundred characters in the main series now. King of Football. This is how we get Team America back. That's right. Hey, see now you're now you're thinking, Pat. Now you're thinking. Nah, but that's a let's be real. Y'all just want to see Kyo have an actual reason to go back to high school, <laughs> finish his damn education. It's a king, right? king of flashcards. Let's He's go. get his GED. King of flashcards. <laughs> Kyo studies for his algebra exam. Very good. It'd be yeah, interesting to do ones like that that are like built off of the characters' personalities somehow, like as as like a premise. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. All right, I'll go. I'll move on to my final question, <gasps> my Iori Yagami question. The question is, who is the King of Fighters? King. There, there's a character named King. Iori Yagami, King of Fighters. So that's that's a compelling. There is case. a character named King. There's a lot of characters that start with K names. She's been in basically every game of the series except for 12, which wasn't a real game, and the original uh, 2002, which was a disaster and was remade. And she's been put into every port of it because it was such a disaster to remove her. It's, it's like cursed it. She has to be in, in King of Fighters or like it's it, it's like the ship's going to go down. But also the best games uh, tend to be the ones where King is best, where she plays the best. The best, and, you know, she's the best announcer. Sometimes King is the announcer of the game. And when she's the announcer, she's the best announcer that there is. You know, King is the king of fighters. She's she's the heart and soul of a series. Kaelf is so queer, and she's, like, where it all begins. They forgot to put her in the in the Neo Geo Pocket games. It's real, real shame. Yeah, that's weird. I don't, yep. I, that's, that's wrong. Yeah, they should have got her in there. Uh, yeah, it might be King, but it's, I mean, you know, there's it's also true. a king of dinosaurs in there, and there's... Uh, it's true, yeah. There's a couple different kinds of kings. Duck King. Ooh, Duck, Duck King yeah. was also the king of fighters briefly. Mm -hmm. There's a great edit team ending for those three. Yeah, just the kings. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Wait, is there actually yeah. an edit team ending for them? The three kings ending. And in, in eleven, <laughs> aren't they act well no, because he's not king of dinosaurs yet. Somewhere. So they gotta put they gotta put Duck King in the latest version so they can just right. have a team with three kings in it. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Ship it. Yeah, and then they can raise Jesus. <laughs> um <laughs> incredible. And then Jesus becomes uh, Orochi. Right. This is getting very complex. Okay. I like this plot, though. Let's. We just got to keep going and see where it leads. Yeah. And Jesus has to be non-binary, like Shion. <laughs> okay. I, they could totally bring back Shion. I would be super okay with that. Oh, absolutely. I, I more than any other character, especially because not too many people are going to be asking for them. I absolutely want Shion back. It's just yep. such an interesting character. They are very interesting. I'll make a pitch for Goro Daimon. Mm, maybe. 
He's yeah. cool as hell. He has only shown up in a few years. Like, eventually, they kind of took him out and stopped putting him back in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then they put him back in. A, they were like, he's not coming back anyways. He's back. He's got the ground pound, and it's so powerful. If I remember correctly, it's so powerful that you can also, like, knock over or, or move the stuff in the background with it, which I thought was pretty sick. Mm-hmm. And he runs on Geta. Oh, God, you know that one level from Capcom versus SNK1, like, where it's Takuma's dojo building there, and just, like, everything that you do, it, it's, like, makes the thing fall apart a little bit more. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's very good. Oh, man. Okay, so I guess um, it's probably King, I guess we, we got to say, even though there's Kyo and there's Terry. I, there's... I think we should really give Iori a shot here, right? Because he's iconic for the series, right? He, he is he's uh-huh. the one that, he's... like, probably one of the most recognizable characters, if not the most recognizable character. Yet, like Andres mentioned, you know, he, he kept the same outfit because he, it, it's just so much part of his presentation and personality for so long. There's something special about Yori, right? right? Does that stop him from being the king of fighters? Is he definitionally excluded from being the king of fighters because Maybe. he's the rival Maybe. character? I have a sentimental answer. Let's hear it. It's Terry. No, it's Terry. It's absolutely Terry. Terry is the King of Fighters. Yeah. I think that would be the most diplomatic. It's not even diplomatic. He won the first one. I, I, I understand. But right. it's, it's like, I think that would be the answer that like pleased almost everybody because it feels emotionally right. Yeah. Like we all, we all fell in love with this quirky little company probably at different points of time. Right. And at every point, Terry was always there offering a big old smile and a big old hand saying, hey, you could totally come play my game. And throwing his hat. He's like... The best dude in a fighting game. It's like, you know, he just, it's interesting when he was uh, put into Smash Brothers, it's like how quickly, like all the kids who didn't really know who he was, were they were able to figure out what he was about just from like the way that he moved and the way he talked, like very, very quickly, like tell what kind of a guy he was and just like, you know what, I think I trust him. He's a cool dude you went to go play basketball with in the in the the playground. You go to the playground, you go to the basketball courts, and he was just there. He was just hanging out. He's playing ball, and he teach kids how to play and ball. Power dunk on your ass. He'd help you move to a new apartment. And he's a good dad when he doesn't have to be, but he just wants to be a positive influence. And you can tell from uh, his ending and like the that SNK heroines game that he does actually have some fears about Rock, but he doesn't let them affect like how he behaves toward him. He just keeps them to himself. Yeah, there's there's just a lot of cool things about Terry. I think if if someone was going to be the King of Fighters and we all had to like come down to a decision, I think my vote would be with Terry. I think Terry embodies the coolness yeah. and like the acceptive the accepting nature, I guess, of like of KOF if you want to put it that way. You know, if there were a Queen of Fighters, it would be Miss X. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you get your Iori in. This this might have been the only time a king was democratically elected, but for King of Fighters, that's maybe right. that's appropriate. I don't know. Uh, right. We're about, we're about out of time on this question, Brandon. If there's anything you wanted to no, add, that's feel it. Free. Let's do it. All right. So uh, at this point, we can either go into the lightning round or we can call it. Whoa, lightning round. We're running Whoa. at two hours already. I'm curious what it was, but yeah, we should probably, we should probably go. <laughs> I'm totally down for the lightning round. Yeah, I'm totally down for the lightning round if you're all down, but I'll... Let's do okay. it. I hope that the fans are hungry for more KOF. Another 20, I, 15 minutes. I suspect the biggest KOF fans are the ones in this call right now. So that feels right somehow. Hi, hello, it's me. <laughs> All yeah. right. It's time for our lightning round. This week's segment was prepared by Alex Jaffe in a game he calls Biological. I'm going to give you the likes and dislikes from the bio of a King of Fighters character. Each of you gets one guess to determine which character they describe. Whoever gets it right gets a point, and whoever has the most points wins this week's episode of Insert Credit. Y'all ready? Sure. Yeah. sure. 
start with number one. Likes amber. Okay. Dislikes eggplant. Okay. And marrow. <laughs> Dislikes eggplant and marrow. Dislikes eggplant and marrow. Likes amber. I'm gonna say it's a. Uh, I'm gonna say it's Kenso, even though I don't think that's right. Okay. It is Malin. All right, Andres, you got. Okay. I think it's Yashiro. Bam! My boy Andres coming through with Yashiro Nakase. I don't know how oh, you got that. There you go. But let's mm-hmm. go. I have read these bios several times <laughs> One over. One point on the board for Andres. Okay. All right, second. Likes wedding ring. Dislikes indecisive people and ghosts. <laughs> That's mine. This is Vanessa. It's Vanessa. Hey, Vanessa it is. We'll give a point okay. to Azure Dang. and Andres. Yeah, it's because she's married. She loves, she's like really fond of her wedding ring. I mean, Mai wants the wedding ring, so. Yeah, but Mai is into heavy metal, actually. That's her thing. Fair it's like Mai is secretly like, Heavy metal and like motorcycles and shit. It's great. Have you seen like the art of her when she's like not in her fighting outfit, but she's like just dressed like a normal person and she's got like it's a, the best. Yeah, like a metal band yeah, t-shirt right. on. I love it. She would totally rock a nine-inch nails patch. Fired up. Totally likes himself. Dislikes people who stop his ambition. Is that Iori? All right, we got Iori. No, because no, because that one's a uh, wait. Maybe Iori's it's violence that he dislikes. No, it's geese. I'm, I'm hearing an Iori from yep. Brandon. It was a geese from Andres? And yeah. I, I, I said Benny Morrow, but I like the sound of geese. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Benny right. Morrow. Andres once interest. again gets. I'm it. surprised we're, all, we're like we haven't missed one yet collectively. Yeah. I, Not that I'm helping, but I'm I have been looking amazed. at these and I was like, there's no way they're gonna get any of these. But no, I am. Uh, I, have, I have clearly underestimated the y'all kings and queens of fighters in here. Number four. Okay, likes. <laughs> His iron ball <laughs> and destruction dislikes centipedes and training. Yeah, that's it's that's true. All right, yeah, that was, that was kind of a gimme. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, the gimme. That that's is, in case we're all Alex sweating. Feeling merciful. All right, number five likes mm-hmm. a doll from her grandmother and her blundering elder sister. Dislikes her preaching elder sister. Is that Rima? Mm. That's who I guess. Right. Is. This, but it could also uh, be like Vice or Mature or something. That's not one of the main SNK game characters for sure. No. I don't know. I think it's. I Rimuru. think it's um, Maki. Andres? Maki. What do we Maki. got? Uh, uh, what's the name of the girl in the spy outfit? Is what I'm gonna guess. It's either her or the the squirrely girl. What's the squirrely girl from Maximum Impact? Um, oh, I, I don't remember the Maximum Impact characters. Nagase. There's like, I'm gonna go with Nagase. There's only three of them. There's like Lien, Ninyan, uh, and Nagase. I'm gonna All say right, Nagase. Got our guesses in. Uh, the answer is Ninon Bert from Maximum Impact. That's the goth. Oh, you were you're the close. You were really so close. I was not far. Yeah. We missed one. It, it was either that or it was going to be like Moe Habana or something from like the freaking Game Boy Advance game. Yeah, but it's, oh, that's interesting. Uh, but no, you 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 made the jump to Maximum Impact. So that's that's pretty impressive. These have all been KOF. So it was like, <laughs> as soon as he said something I did not recognize, I was like, it's got to be Maximum Impact or okay. Game Boy the game. The first time I played KOF Maximum Impact 2 was actually at Tim Rogers' apartment when he lived in Tokyo. Yeah, that makes sense. That seems appropriate. Very good. Yep. All right, number six, likes his older brother, dislikes rats. That would be Soiree. If one Soiree, anyone else? I don't really know who has a brother, so I'm going to say... I feel like Chris is an orphan, but I'm going to go for Chris. All right, we got Soiree, Chris, I guess orphan and... doesn't preclude brother. I 
don't know, and I, I was just talking about Maximum Impact, I'm just going to piggyback on Azure. I'm going to also say Soiree because Alba is the older one, yep. right? You both got it. The the carry coming through. Also, I know they have a good brotherly relationship. It's like the, the characters in the main series <laughs> who have brothers. It's like, it surely doesn't sound like Andy. Andy doesn't really look up to, to Terry that way. Great. So. I also think that Andy doesn't give a rat's ass about rats. Rats, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, those, the characters often have these strange little quirks to them, but that didn't sound like him. All right, number seven, likes the accomplishments of his pupils. Dislikes extravagance. The accomplishments of his pupils? That's just Tung Furu. Who else is it yeah. gonna be, right? I mean, there, there, are, there are a few teachers in there, but Tung sounds, it sounds more like Tung than Chin, certainly. But he's got like so many, yeah, it, it can only be like, the, the only other one's Chin, but Chin's likes are, we all know what Chin right. likes. Yeah. Right. I mean, and then also, also Takuma is the teacher of the Yeah, Takuma but... was going to be my guess. All right. No. Dislikes extravagance? No, yeah. It's, I mean, he's running a, a, like, the whole plot point in uh, the, the newest game is that, you know, he's getting carried away with his, you know, his barbecue restaurant. Yeah, but Takuma so. puts on a Tengu mask to beat the crap out of his students. My man lives extravagance. That's My man tank. has zero okay. chill. Yeah, Tongue's across tongue. the board? Yeah. Sounds like Tongue. Uh, I said Takuma just because I, I, I can make I'm, I'm, I'm willing to be wrong. All right. Well, Brandon is wrong once again. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Azur and Andres Brandon. taking this one too. All right. Uh, number eight likes personal computer and hamster. Dislikes. Celery and high school baseball. <laughs> Personal computer and hamster. The baseball. The I baseball. I know this one, but it's like it's like on the tip of my brain. I'm gonna say that it's Kyo's girlfriend, whose name I forget. Yuki. I'm gonna say it's Yuki. Baseball. Baseball. It's Shermie. It's Shermie right. that doesn't like baseball. And it has she, to be Shermie who has a hamster. And I, I remember Shermie with a hamster. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think she mentions the hamster, but the reason right. why is like the baseball stood out to me is like, why do you just do you just not like Koshin? What's wrong with you? Like, that's like the one thing that I remember is like, who is it? And it's like one of the women. I just don't remember. And it's like, I think I'm pretty sure it's Shermie. All right. The Shermies take it. Azure like and Andre is it again. Oh, Number nine mm -hmm. likes zero, dislikes Roland Gustav. Uh huh? Can I can I get that dislike one more time? What? Roland Gustav. What's the name of Zero's lion? <laughs> I don't know. All right. But that's a good idea. O original Zero um, has this lion. Um, and I never bothered to rem like, remember what the lion's name because who cares? But um, I have no you idea. You think it's the lion? Andres, you got any guesses? Hell no. <laughs> I'm just going to I'm gonna cut this one off here because <laughs> Azure got Yo, it. Who's... The answer is Glugan. Oh. It? It's the lion? <laughs> I was like, who else would like Zero? Chrysalis certainly doesn't like him. Oh, no, yeah. Well, yeah, no one likes the actual, like, that whole complement of people. Like, Zero's a nerd. Clone Zero's a nerd. Yeah. Only Chrysalis cool. Ignis is also a nerd. Ignis is actually the biggest Yeah, nerd. the name is uh, Gurugan, Glugan, and it is indeed Zero's pet black oh, lion. Glugan. It is trained to fight and assist Zero in battles as one of his strikers. Like okay. a glue gun? Yeah. It's yep. G-L-U-G-A-N, Glugan. It's like, like a German, a weird kind of garbled German name, I guess. Ah, it's dislike is a reference to the Baki the Grappler character, Roland Gustav, who wrestled with lions during his time in Africa. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> bro, bro, what? <laughs> All right, no and our deal. last one. Likes the smiles of children. Dislikes illegal moves and the wrestlers who use them nonchalant. It's Griffin Mask, my guy. Yeah, it absolutely is. 
It's Griffin Mask and not specifically King of Dinosaurs, who I think changes his likes and dislikes yeah, a well, little bit. Griffin Mask slash T. Right, any guesses? Well, I'll just say King of Dinosaurs, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> and I want to mention that Alex specifically says Tzok slash the Griffin slash Griffin Mask, but not King of Dinosaurs in yeah, this answer. Right, right. Right. Give it to him. Well, Give him the point. Give him the point. No, He's right it. technically. I don't need it. King of Dinosaurs is, is, yeah. the, is his heel persona, and Tzok slash Griffin Mask is his face persona. Yeah, All right. yeah. Well, wrestling. I got gotcha. Andres wins so it looks by like one. Andres wins. The, uh, the Yashiro and Geese Howard was the one. One of those two would have been the one that put him over the edge. So, uh, you get <laughs> you. Congrats, Andres. Right. You win this episode of Insert Credit. To I believe the prize that you get to ask a question that then the next round of podcasters have to uh, answer. The yeah, you have there. to make us so. a question for homework. <laughs> oh, make it annoying. We managed to make it through this KOF episode and. I don't know about y'all, but I had an awesome time. Uh, before we go, does anyone have any recommendations for our listeners? Don't watch the KOF movie. It's really bad. <laughs> Let me see. I'll recommend something. It's not King of Fighters related, though, which is probably okay. I'm going to recommend... This is hyper-specific. <laughs> I'm, I'm narrowing go. the audience even further. If you live in the Bay Area, or possibly in California, I'm not sure how far out they go, Casa Sanchez has some new corn chips called picosos which are genius to me i don't know why i've never seen this before so they're they have habanero and lime but it's in the masa it's in it's ground up and made in the chip so it's not like a dusting that sounds amazing of course there's also some lime salt on it as well but the the spiciness it's orange because there's habanero and cayenne pepper inside of the chip and that's why it's there's no artificial colors and uh brandon chip, i'm break i'm broke can you send me some of those sure i'll do it um i'll pay you can you send me some of those yes i i actually have been planning to buy a whole bunch the next time i <gasps> go to the store be, to send to friends because they're so they're so good and they make any salsa better because the spiciness yeah. is in the chip and the flavor is in the it's it's like there's no way to get one that tastes worse than another one because they're all it's all in the chip so yeah um casa sanchez picosas if you can find them you can find them at any safeway in the bay area <laughs> i don't know if that's hey, something you know if you can't write any more copy for s and k you can always you know start doing you know the flavor text for these guys you've really got it down you've really sold them i sent them a fan letter i am literally <laughs> salivating that's right incredible now. i sent them a fan a fan mail and they were like oh hey thanks but i was like you know i gotta i gotta make sure that that because I feel like they're testing markets right now because it's not even on their website. So oh, I feel like they're just so you trying to make to, sure they keep making it. I want to make yes. sure they know that people okay. like it. So, you know, this, that's my free ad. For it's one of those things. It's like people tend to only get feedback when it's negative. Right. And it's like, like uh, you get all of these, you know, right wingers who are always like writing into like um, newspapers to scare them. And if they, you know, don't write what they want to, but they don't get a whole lot of people from the left, you know, writing in to like thank them for like writing about, you know, progressive things. And so yeah. it just scares yeah. them more and more. But so this is really good. You just, you try to shape the world to be a little bit better. Through positivity. Yeah. Send in your Picosos fan mail. Yeah. If you do get Picosos, Absolutely. send them, send them an email to tell them that you love it. I think that's an excellent recommendation. Okay, that's that recommendation. If someone makes something that you like, tell them that you like it. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Any other yeah, recommendations from the crew? Um, uh, well, okay. So 
I've got this buddy named uh, John Fire, and he makes a lot of these short indie games. Most of them can be played in like under an hour. Some of them are a little bit longer, but they're mostly just like these little ideas that he sketches out, and he takes them as far as the idea goes without trying to make something really huge and immense out of it. It's like experimental. And they're really interesting. They got a lot of personality to them, and every game is different. We have a different premise to it, different genre, different game engine, because he's just interested in studying how to express ideas that are meaningful to him in video games, as indie games are at their best. And he's just put out a few new games recently. They're available on farawaytimes.itch.io. His most recent game, it's this um, like Boxel light. Um, it's kind of like uh, Adventures of Lolo or uh, or Boxel. It's called Gorgon's Gaze, and it's only ten levels long. But it gets pretty infuriating and fascinating toward the end. He makes very good use of the mechanics. He has another interesting little just note of a game called A Cold Place. He put out a little while ago, based on a conversation with uh, another friend of mine, Drew. And he's just, he's got this very nice curated collection that you should go check out. And just if you got a little spare time here and there, just to see how he explores ideas. through. Sounds nice. Yeah, I've got mine's almost straight up just chilling. I'm just going to show a homie. Please uh, do. Yeah. Uh, so I mentioned them earlier. I mentioned Dino, please. Uh, and I'm going to shout him out here because uh, one of the reasons I managed to get through the pandemic as well as I did, is because in a time where my work was the most stressful it had ever been and beginning of like that kind of weird loneliness had started to set in that we were all suffering through the pandemic, I wound up making a really like like a huge close friend and uh, Dino is, is, is he. And uh, he does this stream where he explores um, all sorts of old, obscure, strange games uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's just comfort games. Sometimes he's just going to play Streets of Rage. He's going to he's gonna, he's gonna go straight and he's going to punch people. And sometimes he just busts out like the weirdest stuff from like underneath. He played Korean DOS fighting games. He's played just the dankest stuff. Old, strange cyberpunk adventure games that maybe you'd already forgotten about. You don't know what's coming next, right? It's just a. It's as far as a retro variety stream goes, that's, that's the best. And he's got this, tons of charisma. He's a Really sweet dude, really fun stream that he puts on. And I think I think I think Pat and Azure are both to some degree familiar with who I'm talking about. Yeah, he's just unrelentingly positive and charming. I have never met someone who could play something so if you have played a game and you've played it and you'd be like, God, this game sucks, he'll look at you and be like, No, what's the problem? Game is the best. And play it for your entertainment online and do pretty well and have a and I've never seen someone be able to do that with some of the games that he plays. He finds something to appreciate in anything. Yeah, he played Virtual Highlight, and vir- it was super fun to watch him play Virtual Highlight. No, to be fair, that game is awesome. <laughs> that, that game is awesome, but that game is an acquired taste level of awesome. Certainly, absolutely. And you need to acquire that taste over a long period of time. Virtual Highlight is rough. And he's out here, and he played it, and he beat him in one sitting, and that was one of the most fun streams I've ever watched collaborated him with before we did a captain subasa stream we played a bunch of old captain subasa games from you know the 90s that was uh, a good one too it was fresh and you, did you know a good I, job. I i hold him in high esteem and i think his stream is one of the best things that has probably happened as something that i have consumed as content uh and i think that it is probably a good idea to occasionally sit down and watch somebody who's just having a good time and maybe yeah. that good time will spread to you so twitch.tv slash dino please that's d-n-o-p-l-s and also on the week of KOF15's release, we played like 60 games in one city because we're both maniacs. Unfortunately, he picks 
Ralph and Terry on the team. Yeah. That makes that very difficult to win. <laughs> All right. Well, we worked out. Shout out but to yeah, Dino. Good, fr- good friend of mine. Great stuff. Also, you should read this Pat the Flip guy's articles about fighting games on Medium. Yeah, he's kind of a screw. He, he has a Patreon. Yeah, I hear it's all right. I read his articles. They uh, help me. I have some recommendations. Oh, thanks. I'm glad to hear Like it. legitimately. Uh, so I have some recommendations. First off, I want to recommend Capcom versus SNK2 Millionaire Fighting 2001. It's an amazing game. It is the reason I'm on this podcast because I came at I came at fighting games generally from the Capcom side of things. And I have always maintained that my favorite version of SNK is the one that Capcom does. It's definitely worth checking out. If you stuck through this podcast long enough to listen to the whole damn thing and you haven't played CVS 2, you'd probably be fascinated (laughs) to see what it's like when Capcom works with SNK characters and also play uh, SNK versus Capcom Chaos if you want to see how SNK works with Capcom characters. Dramatically different interpretations of a lot of different characters. Um, Getting all the characters to play in their respective play, like like game systems is really cool. And if you hop on Fight K2, you can actually play with rollback netplay. Uh, if you just hang out on there, you'll find some new folks, but you'll also find folks who have been playing this game since it came out. And it's super cool to just be able to log on on a PC and find some of the best people who have ever touched this game. Uh, just hop on, beat your ass for a couple games and move on with their lives, you know? So uh, it's not every day that you can be destroyed by legends, but you can in ZVS2 and it's a pretty cool game to do it in. So we'll definitely uh, pump that recommendation. If you see me on Fight K2, feel free to throw me a challenge. We'll get some games in. I also recommend that if you're listening to this show on any platform where you can subscribe to or review podcasts, that you engage with us in that way to keep the algorithms pushing us upwards and forwards. You can also go to patreon.com slash insert credit, where you could become a patron to submit your own topics, listen to monthly bonus episodes, and get other exclusive content. I don't think y'all are doing the one day early thing anymore, right? No. I was hoping you'd say one day early anyway. Uh, One day early? Oh, I should have. (laughs) You can also join our community at forums.insertcredit.com because that's right, baby. We are on forums. Enough of this toxic social media bullshit. Yeah, dude. Or follow Insert Credit on Twitter and YouTube. Don't expect too much on the Twitter other than, I don't know if if Brandon, you do any snarky posting there, but I feel like it's mostly just highlights from the podcast, right? I do. Well, I also uh, retweet weird stuff. So there's, there's, there's some stuff. I don't want to like take over the voice of the sh- I, like because yeah. obviously I run the account, but I don't want it to just be me, you know. So I I don't do as much smart snarky posting as I might otherwise. <laughs> if you want the snarky posting, go to at Necrosofty on Twitter. There's pr- plenty of it there, um, and who knows? Every now and then we break some news because <laughs> yeah. I guess we can still do that. Anyway, I'm Patrick Miller. Oh, I'm Brandon Sheffield. I'm Azure Lord Corrigan. And I'm Andres Velasco y Cole. And your game has now been saved. Go home and enjoy sports. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Let's get the heck out of here. I got to eat dinner. Peace out, y'all.